0: <laughs> so we'll have to talk about all time. Right, yeah. Welcome back. Sound episode two. Mm. Winning.
1: Yeah. Should we do the weekly check-in? Then, I suppose as mm. probably How the are right you? Oh, How are you? I think you should go first this week.
0: <sighs> I'm I'm all right. Yesterday was a bit of a challenge. I was. I woke up. I did my meditation, and that you was here, wasn't you? Yesterday morning, I can't remember. I remember the time. You said you, you cut you were like, and you were like, How are you? And I was like, I've just had a really big cry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we do a lot. And of you crying, went, we? I've had a big cry too. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that
1: was a uh, Friday morning, was it? Was it Saturday? Saturday morning, yeah. Because yeah, I had football, morning. didn't I? Oh yeah, yeah. We went out, didn't we, Friday night?
0: <clears throat> yeah, so Saturday. Mm. And after that, I just found the whole the whole day I didn't want to do any of it. But I had so much playing I'd archie, but he yeah. scored at football, so that was brilliant. in yeah. his game was fun. And then um <clears throat> and then um went to do go-karting and I won, which oh, was no.
1: And you underestimated by a whole second as well, which you were like,
0: oh, actually, I did six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cleared everyone. I lapped everyone nearly twice.
1: Did you? Yeah. You're that good. (laughs) You're annoyingly good at everything. It's sort of frustrating for me, you know what I mean? Everything I do, you play FIFA, I'm like, oh, this is great, yeah. I beat you once, then you beat me (laughs)
0: 8-2 straight after. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I just felt like I was putting a face on to get through the day. Yeah. Uh, Because I had so much to do. And then, obviously, we had dinner as well last night and I was really late to that because I was was just tired and then I had to go and get the car cleaned. And then it just seemed like over time I wanted a break, I couldn't have one. I'm Mm. normally really good at giving myself a little bit of time, but I think I had a 10-minute nap and that was it. Mm. And then I just had to keep going. And then, yeah, I was kind of just like, I felt like a bit of an avatar yesterday knowing I'm dealing with all this stuff. And it was because... Well, the day before that when we was out to dinner we got that i got that call from my sister didn't i oh and she yeah. um uh, which was nice she obviously apologized and made up and obviously we didn't spoke for quite nearly a year i guess mm. so it was really nice but obviously the stuff she mentioned about my ex and i'll get people other people as well said when i was out at car and somebody else said about it she's posting this she's posting that but that's With, what they do it isn't it <clears throat> yeah they wanted to get back to you i guess and yeah just hurts. It's just horrible. Mm. It's just really horrible, and yeah. So I've, that that aside, though, yeah, I'm all good. I'm I all think
1: good. just as a as a as a comment to you, um, you know, really emotional situations like that, you handled it so well. Like you just sort of like compartmentalized it. We carried on our day. You weren't distracted. You weren't off mm. in your thoughts elsewhere. You were there all day. You know, um, mm. I went out and met everyone. And when you got out to the meal, that whole evening was lovely, weren't it? It was such a, it was a really good night and, you know, um, lots of unity, lots of bonding, lots of, um, you know, great conversations, lots of healing as well between, you know, you and Scotty. It was just a nice, a nice evening, I thought.
0: Yeah, no, it was nice.
1: But you finessed it, really, I thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was, I was a bit distracted during the day. I had moments where I was just zoning out and I was like, all right, okay, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm sometimes alright. That it's not always a good thing, though, because mm. sometimes something hits you, yeah, and then you just you put it down down here somewhere. So I always call it putting it down there, and then you and then because you don't feel anything, you think, oh, it's better just to leave it. I, but that's why when I did the meditation and the breath work in the morning, it yeah. came out. And yeah, that's yeah. why the breath work and why I did that video today. I'm saying look, trust me, yeah, it's yeah. important, especially for me because I find it sometimes hard to connect with things. Mm. Like I didn't want to deal with it yesterday when I heard it. I was like, nope. No, like I said to you, I just yeah. went, no, that's no, no,
1: gone. No, that's no, gone. Put it down there.
0: <laughs> Which I don't pocket, know if it's yeah. always a good thing to do, but because I, yeah, but I, the fact that I come back to it is the good thing. That's the good thing. Right, like, okay, I came back to it, I processed it, and I was like, yeah, 10 minutes just, just yeah, sobbing. It wasn't nice. It wasn't nice.
1: Bot- bottling it up long-term... Oh, terrible. ...becomes trauma, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, to a degree. That's where trauma Mm. sits. It's like emotion bottled up, put to one side, left there to fester. Mm -hmm. And then you add additional (laughs) traumas to it over the course of your life. And those traumas then become behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. And I think
0: you then create more traumas because of that trauma.
1: (laughs) And then then it's just just a a horrible cycle of you causing trauma, receiving trauma from your trauma, you delivering on a nice platter Mm. that you are unconscious of as well. You know what I mean? You kind of know it's happened, but the behaviour that's manifesting in that moment isn't necessarily... um, You're not thinking, I'm going to do this to you because that happened to me nine
0: years ago. It's all, yeah, well, I said to this to you before, Danaya trauma is always sitting in the subconscious. It's it's, it's never... uh, That's the thing about therapy is bringing that... It's bringing what's in the subconscious into the conscious mind and so many of us don't want to do it because that process is terrifying, painful. The saying that describes this the best is that which you need most to find is in the place you're least prepared to look. Mm. And I love that. Oh, that was nice. I love that. That I love that because it's just, it is, it's it's the answer to everything, I think, in terms of self-development and self-worth and growth. It's like, right, okay, you've got to, you know, it's all well and good doing all these external things that we know (laughs) make us feel better. Mm. But if we've done them all before and then a problem has still arisen, we're just, we're repeating the same stuff. We're not yep. looking. We're not looking in the no. right place. Well, you might
1: look at it, but it's just like, well, I'll come back to that later. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean?
0: well, I can do all this stuff that keeps me busy and keeps me away from that, actually. Mm. makes me feel good, but it's not tackling the problem. The yeah. problem's still there and mm-hmm. it's not going, but yeah. yeah, we've gone off piece. How are you?
1: Well, similar to you, really. Like I had, um, and, it, and, it, and I've actually felt really challenged about talking about it, really. Not with you or anybody mm. else, but... You know, I've been po- I've been posting a few things on my socials, and it's been hard because you you think everyone's going to think you know, and this is where again a self worth thing comes in. You think everyone's going to think I'm a right funny because I've I've, mm. I've mentioned the word crying, and like they're, they're, for me, there's different connotations of try, uh, crying and, and different variants of of emotional purging. You know, there's anger, there's there's uh, fear, there's um, upset, and there's you know depression, you know, there's so many manifestations of those things. And for me, really weird. We had such a great night. I mean, we went out into town, went out uh, to in MK, didn't we? We went to a few bars and that, and we were just dotting about. And, you know, it was nice. But the whole night we were talking, we were engaged, we weren't really on our phones. It was funny. We were drinking sparkling water everywhere, so it cost like £2.40 a round. (laughs) You know, it was such a nice, apart from that um, Red Bull we had in Revs late on. (laughs) crazy night <laughs> but I came back and we had you know we had a good chat and then it was like right I knew it was time for bed and I went to sleep and I woke up in the morning and I lay in my bed and I just had that do you know when you get that feeling where it's like I kind of want to like I wanted someone I wanted this something not before yes yeah, so so came was, here and
0: stayed to sleep went to sleep here
1: stayed here yeah and mm. I came into to you well, I had I sat in my bed and you'd left the book in there for me attached yeah so I looked at it and I put it on the floor and I put my meditation music on and I, and I tried to to go through my practice and, but towards the end of my practice I sort of got a bit teary mm. and, and then I sort of because normally what I would do is I wouldn't understand that and I sat with it for a minute and I really tried to identify the feeling and I think it's so important when a feeling comes up if you can learn to sit with it and then try and understand it like it's something outside of you because effectively it's your body's automatic response to a feeling if you can if you can detail in your mind what that is it allows you to 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 put it to bed much quicker and when i came in to talk to you about it it was like the most vulnerable i've felt in front of you in a in a long time because it was sort of like you know, all of this lovely, amazing stuff I've got going on in my life. I've never had a a situation where the group of people I spend the most time with are all, they all think like me. Mm. I don't feel like an outsider. I don't feel weird. Mm. I don't feel like, oh my God, why do you think and feel like that? I, I can talk vulnerably to people and then it's received in a way. And then the, the message I get back is often a deep, thought which is why me and you when we talk it goes mm. you know we had to cancel our phone call earlier we were 40 minutes into a general chit chat to figure out how what we're going to do today in terms <laughs> of just meeting up and i looked at the phone it was like 52 minutes and i had to say to you like we, we were getting deep weren't we and yeah, i said yeah, mate, yeah. we gotta stop this here because this is podcast content you know yeah and um you know that that feeling for me it really like I've. I've never been in this position. You know, I've got such great opportunities and work's good. And I've got I've just got everything I need. I've got beautiful kids. I'm just so happy in myself and I really like who I am. Mm. And then this unworthiness came up. Like I didn't feel like I deserved it. And it made me sad because I've never felt worthy. I've never felt enough. Mm. Because You know, and I I don't hold blame to anyone or anything about it, but when you go through school and you're bullied Mm. and, you know, you start puberty late, you just feel different to everyone else. I had the worst hay fever ever. So at school, I was like the one that was walking around with snot dribbling all down my face and I couldn't stop sneezing and I just didn't know why. I, I, I just always felt different. And then, you know, some challenging stuff with my relationship with my parents when I was younger and it's nothing that they've done wrong. It's just how I perceived it. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's just amounted to me feeling unworthy, Mm. like passively, but now I'm sort of going through this healing process. I can see, Mm. I can see it's, I can label it. It's unworthiness. Mm -hmm. So how do I treat that? Mm -hmm. Well, if you find the, 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 the answer is unworthiness, you have to commit to yourself to do things that make you feel worthy about you. And that normally roots from a set of actions like getting up early. Doing your meditation, going to the gym. So, when you look somebody in the eyes and you say, oh, I've done, I do this, I do that, you're telling the truth. Mm. You know, that for me really helps me embody the, the worthiness. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose that I've picked a lot of that up from you as well. Again, I have, like, not, I won't call it role models, but I have friends that I can look at. Like mm. when I sit, when I stay here, which is quite regularly now, because I live <laughs> a little way away, eh? I see, I get up in the morning and I'm, I, I expect you to be wandering around in your pants or whatever, and you never are. Like I get up, I go into the living room and I'm often on the phone, wandering around, talking to people. And I'm like, it's fucking 10 o'clock, where is he? And I I, I open the door down down here so I can hear you in your bedroom and you're doing breath work or you're doing meditation Mm. or you're doing what you say you do. And for me, I do what I say I do. You know, I get up early, I go to the gym, I do my meditation, I do all the stuff, I diet all day. You know, I make sure that everything I do is what I do. Mm. But I've picked up, I, I already had that inherently but I, sen- I suppose that your sense of self worth comes from the fact that you're credible in your own mind, based on the things you say about yourself.
0: Mm. Is that right? Or yeah, yeah for sure. Wrong. No, hundred percent. I think doing those things, though, for me, it's just things that I found over time. But I think you like you said, you've kind of already got those things that you've done before. You perhaps just dropped them, and you've realised actually, why the why am I not think, why am I not fucking mm. doing that? I can, I can do that. Mm. done that to a really high degree, actually, especially the meditation stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, what I learned about doing things for yourself is that because lots of things come with validation, and then I think we had this discussion about validation, validation. last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had this discussion about validation last night. It's like you can do all these things for yourself, mm. but sometimes those, those um, acts of kindness in yourself and they stretch out to other people too That that is improving your self-worth comes with validation mm-hmm. and dependent on your psych um, psychological makeup mm-hmm. that that validation can t- hit you in different ways sure. it can be perceived and received in different ways within you and if you're an addict especially I believe mm-hmm. it can be another thing that you actually start becoming dependent on you start um, you start drawing self-worth from things externally um, even though you started with the best intentions, sure. it's like, you know, like I said to you about my social media, I dropped that because I was helping so many people and I was so engrossed in it. And I realized actually, hold on a minute. Like if I put that down, I feel what we- I feel less of myself because mm. I'm not doing it yeah. and I shouldn't, that's not right. It's like, okay, I've done enough actually. And the videos I post are enough and I don't need to message a thousand people that are asking me for help. Mm. I don't need to do that. No. I don't need that. Doesn't. Because what that was doing to me is proving I'm a good person. Mm. And I needed that because I had years, 29 years of being not a very good person. Mm. (laughs) You know, not um, intentionally, but through being traumatised and not taught, you know, and not having any real role models in my life at all, you know, nothing. I had no parents from seven or eight years old, you know, mum was... Drunk on the floor, or trying to commit suicide, mm. or and Dad was working, and if he come back and see that, he'd just kick the shit out of her, or kick the shit out of me. So it was like, right, okay, what are you teaching me? Good start, yeah, great start, yeah. yeah it's like so that was my my first sort of. For also, that screws your um, relationship with love up, you know? With yeah, hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like older, and these people are supposed to love me, and I went up like when I went around my friends' houses and stuff, and I see like they're their mum and dad's like laughing and joking mm. and them having dinner together, being yeah. really happy. Yeah. I was just like, oh. this is nice. This is not very threatening. No, weird was the feeling. Really? Yeah. Because I, that's so bad. Yeah. I didn't believe it. I mm. was like, but at the same time I really did enjoy, like i would talk about Jack and Tom. They were two of my friends. Tom was the older brother. Jack was in my year and I used to go to their house a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to all of my friends' houses a lot because this is the worst thing about my, mine as well. So my goal, the goalkeeper for our football team was called Kurt and he lived um, literally, I don't know, 40 metres over that way mm-hmm. and the screaming and the shouting was so loud and volatile in my house and we were like an island in the middle of all these other houses. Really? So, yeah, you, all the neighbours knew everything that was happening, everyone. And so Kurt, I imagine Kurt's mum would have been telling everybody at football or Kurt's dad... You know, not in a not in a oh that kind of way, just in a concerned tone of oh poor lad. You would, yeah, you would, as you mean? would, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think like, all of the parents in the f- football team, they kind of chipped in to looking after yeah. me a lot. That's nice. You That's know, nice. so Michael's Michael Frost's mum and dad, they they looked after me a lot. Jack's mum and dad, they looked after me a lot. Mm. Um, Daryl, his dad was the manager, Jeff, so he looked after me a lot. So I kind of had all these people like really looking after me and I didn't, yeah. didn't at the time I just thought everybody really liked me. <laughs> but I was, Anidation. I'd be, yeah, I'd be away from my home for days on end. My mum and, and dad didn't know where I was, they didn't care. Really? No, they didn't know where know. I was. Not, not always, sometimes they would might check in, but they would let me stay away for days and days on end, like, not worried about where I am, what I'm doing, no care, nothing. So I don't How old were you when that was going on? That's probably um 11 12 i reckon 12 mm. maybe maybe yeah eleven, ten, eleven, twelve. 10 11 12. right and then that's when they split up after okay. that so it was but yeah but yeah it was it, it was kind of nice though i liked going around their houses i liked that we all sat down and had tea together and because i wasn't used to that kind of environment and everybody was laughing and joking don't get me wrong i'm sure they all had their own difficulties don't. that they were going yeah. through but it was kind of yeah. It was a weird scenario. I didn't at the time realize how much they all did. They all did just like chip in. Like even my subs for my football, my parents wouldn't pay it, so the the rest of them paid for that's it. That's mad,
1: yeah, And it? And that that's the beautiful thing of um, like being connected when when you because I remember I've got fond memories when I was a kid of you know playing football and my mum used to take me over to play for Hartwell FC or whatever it was and. I used, when I was in the younger years, um, in primary school, cause my, my real problem started in secondary school. Mm. And obviously there was other things that I'd seen and, and, and been part of before that, that had sort of scared me or, or whatever else that sort of started that process of being fearful. Um, the, the, the going to football, I was good. I was good. And I don't mean like I was good at football. I mean, I was probably, I, I was the top goal scorer. I used to score all the time. And I was like, mm. I remember that. And then when I went to secondary school, like the whole team got changed. I was on the bench. Sometimes I'd even put my little brother on. My brother would score loads. Like, and I started just not feeling involved. Like everyone was tall because I started puberty. Like everyone was taller than me. Everyone was faster than me. I got fat. So, you know, when you get your puppy fat when mm. you're a kid, like, I used to used to have this thing where I'd, I'd feel so out of sorts. I was like, why hasn't this happened to me yet? Mm. And then, you know, everybody seemed to have their groups. Mm. And then when we went to play football, it was like, I was the lad on the edge. And then I think my natural abilities sort of dissipated. I didn't have natural abilities. It was more that like my, my confidence dissipated. So I was less able to play to a, reasonably good standard Mm -hmm. of 11 year olds. You know what I mean? Um, And when I think about all of those times in my life where I have, I've, I've, I've put myself outside of the situation just because of the way I felt from a subconscious trauma response mm. on, on the outside I'm then looking in which then amplifies the trauma so that's when my clown behaviour started coming in I started trying to be silly all the time and like I've got loads of stupid little party tricks like you've seen them. I can balance things on my nose and I can juggle and I can blow bubbles out my mouth and I can whistle really loud and I can do like these weird little things count to ten in Chinese I can do the alphabet in sign mm. language like I learnt all this stuff because i was in a desperate attempt to try and fit in and try and 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 try and make my way and i sort of being funny served me for Mm. a bit because you'd get people laugh but it's such a temporary source of validation yeah yeah this is kind of becoming about validation now i know it's good though i think it's it's a temporary source of validation and that, that that validation I kept seeking because it was like, oh, I'm enough here, I'm enough here, I'm enough here. Mm. And then inherently I started getting in, not in trouble, but like I wasn't paying any attention in school. And because I wasn't paying any attention in school, it wasn't that I wasn't learning because I'm smart. Mm. I just found that my main focus was like at lunchtime was like, where do I go? Who do I see? Where Mm. do I fit in? And I used to just dot around these big groups. And one thing, again, I don't want to rant on for ages, one thing that really sat with me and it has sat with me for a long time is there are always groups and I'm always on the outside Mm. and no matter what I'm doing, like people, I never, I went through years where people really wouldn't ring me because I wouldn't go out Mm. because it was like, I always just wanted to be part of a group. Yeah. And sometimes I try and integrate myself a little bit and you know, a few people call me backwards and forwards and then it would just, just die out. It was never like that close relationship or bond. And a few times I've had some great friends in that. In my life, and I've got you know my best mate Tyrone. Like, I love him to bits, and he's mm. been my best mate since we were kids. My mum child minded him, mm. but he moved to America. Um, You know, all my festival mates. I love all of them; like they're my brothers and sisters. But it's a very, it's very seshy mm. when we're together. You know, no matter what, what was it in drugs. Is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's not. Like, it's not like all we do is get together and everyone gets on it. But but that's part of
0: the culture of the group when it needs to be. And as a result, it kind of yeah. separates you from it because it's not you anymore. It,
1: I went. I mean, the, the last time it was I, was I was out Christmas and I saw everyone, um, and or is it maybe it's the Christmas before? And I saw everyone, and I went out and I took my little girl out, and right, we were, everyone was drinking and that, and then I'm in the pub and I and I, I noticed one of them go to the toilet. Um, like no names, that I don't matter who it is because it's not it's nothing to do with them. Mm. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, I started to feel like oh. Like when am I going to do something with my with my friends that is outside of drinking and drugs, mm. even though I'm not taking drink or drugs.
0: Um, yeah, but for them they are. Do you know what I mean? I want to be doing something that doesn't involve any of this shit.
1: Yeah, but I, I, and again, I never want to speak bad about anyone in any. No, way, but shape it's for before. you. Yeah, it's for you, isn't that's it? It's how like, I feel. What yeah. I
0: need is, I want to have time with my friends where that stuff isn't happening, because if it's a more for me personally, it's a more genuine connection, isn't it? Well, let's put it this way, right? Every time I see you, all me, and, me,
1: you and the boys are all together, yeah? Um, how many times in a conversation in the evening, I fucking love you, man. Like, and we all hug each other. All, 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 and like, it's meaningful, isn't it? But it, Because it, it's, it's said through the same lens. It's like, I love you because you've opened up to me when you're on the gear or whatever. We've opened up yeah. and I've learned more about you. Yeah, yeah? but then it, it's the it's the genuine version of, because yeah, actually yeah. you're not, you're not, Dutch couraged up yeah, you're not telling yeah. your friends I love you like I said every every phone call with
0: all my friends now. I love you bro love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I know it sounds a bit wet but I don't think so I think it's important especially for men I think women do it all the time but, but men perhaps have been conditioned by our society and our culture within Britain we have to be tough and we can't really say I love you. But I think those days are slowly phasing out, aren't they? We're, we're yeah. becoming more of a hybrid man now because mm. we have to be for for women, especially because we have to take on different responsibilities than we did 50 years ago. We have mm. to be emotional, uh, emotional. We have to be sensitive. We have to be a good listener. We have to be communicative. We have to be good with our feelings. You know, and as a result, you know, between us, between lads now, you know, that kind of I love you vibe is all good. Mm. It's good for us. One thing I've noticed as well
1: in the the new terrain of the man in this generation is, like, there's still a lot of discomfort about vulnerability. And I think Mm. a lot of words, because of Instagram and Facebook and all these new, like, these 10-second snippets that go out, you get this... uh, this dilution of these important words like vulnerability and trauma and depression and anxiety its overused and overspoken about to the mm. point where, you know, they, they are diluted. And for me, like the vulnerability thing, it like, it sounds so feminine. Like I said earlier, I said about my, my story, I said, you know, I had a little cry. Mm. I had a little cry uh, this morning as well, mm. you know, cause that unworthiness came up again. Mm that side of me is something i'm not scared of and that to me is one of the most brave and liberating things because i can still go out in that world now and I can close a deal. I mm. can have, hold a conversation with lads down the pub. I can hold like, and, and I'm not like a big mm. fanny. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not scared of anyone. I'm not in a position in my, myself where- You can still be the stereotypical man. Man, I'm a man. Mm. I am a man, but inherently I'm a sensitive man. Yeah. So I don't act sensitive all the time, but I have deep feelings and I have deep mm. thoughts. And I love the fact that I am that man. And it took me 34 years to get to the place like literally two months ago
0: mm. when
1: I come back from that retreat and I'm like, you are fucking all right, mate. Mm. You don't have to worry what anybody else thinks about you. You don't have to worry about how you're acting. The people that are right for you will stay by your side as and when you need them. If you are maintaining a level of trust with that pe- those people, mm. a level of effort with those people and a level of comfortability in yourself. So even in the vulnerable moments, mm. it's like, oh, I'm here for you, mate. Because, uh, and I, I, sorry, I'll finish on this is is so important I believe for these days is if you are going to be a useful part of a community is you can seek help, but that help has to be acted on after so you don't need to seek that help again. You know what I mean? You can't keep running into relationships and making loads of fuck-ups and then like expect everyone to be there for you every time because you become that guy. Mm -hmm. You can't be the skint geezer that keeps ticking money for drugs and then keep borrowing 50 quids here and there, left, Mm -hmm. right and centre, because you become that guy. Mm. You have to be able to say, I don't want to be that person anymore. Mm. I want to change all of those things. Will you all support me? And the answer every single time will be Yes.
0: It'll always be yes, won't it? If you've got decent friends around you, they may have to step back whilst you're in the repetitive behaviour of making the same mistakes because they've probably got sick and tired of helping you and saying the same things over and over Mm -hmm. again and not being heard, not being listened to. And as Mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson says if someone's not listening, stop fucking talking because it's pointless. Mm. And that's that's the version of, for me, stepping back, let them you know, get on with what it is they need to get on with. And then if they come back to you and say, do you know what, actually, I feel like I do need to make a change I could do with your help. And if you love them enough, then of course you're going to be there. Sure. You know, you're going to spend that time, you're going to invest in them. But I think, you know, you being vulnerable as you were and yeah, it was lovely. I, I, it's the first time I've seen that side of you mm. since I've known you. Yeah, And that for me was like, it's, and I don't want to sound um, patronising in saying it this way, but it's like I've I've known that that's coming. Mm. It's like I've been sat there and I'm like, I know what's there. I can't poke it because it's too prickly for you to hear. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to get there and I can't wait. You yeah, know, and when yeah, you are, yeah. I'm going to fucking love you through it and I'm going to hold you through it because that 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 vulnerability, that honesty, like I'll give you an example. So Tim, mm. I speak about a lot. Yeah, all um, the time was my sponsor and his um, partner, Nat. And they just asked me to be godfather to them. No way. Yeah, to their well, youngest. Um, so that was amazing. And mm. I got a bit emotional when he told me that as amazing. well. But I'll give you an example there. So we have this relationship of total brutal honesty and truth. Always. Always have. Always yeah. will. And I can know I can say anything to them. And um, once upon a time, I don't know, maybe two years into knowing him. I've known him for four years now. And... Um, I had a, a dream about Nat and it was, it wasn't like we didn't have sex or anything, but it was like, it was, it was not good. Like it was like a kissing thing or something. Really? So, yeah. Something okay. like that. Like, like. And I woke up crying my eyes out because, wow. you know, cause back in the day, that's type of behavior, the behaviour that I would have because you know, I was so seeking validation, always wanting to be yeah. the, the attention and I would try on with people's girlfriends and stuff like that. Because mm. you know, that was how messed up I was. And I woke up and I just felt, I felt like I'd done it. I felt so bad. So I called him and I told him, and I cried on the phone to him, and I said to him, he, he was like, "I love you so much, mate. He goes, "You are like you're just something different." Mm. And But I had that relationship with him where I could be. I could own it, like even though he didn't do anything wrong, but I genuinely just felt yeah. I genuinely just felt like so bad and not. <laughs> and the thing is, because he was like my guidance for everything anyway, it sure. just so happened to be that it was his partner that was in a dream. I would have told him if it was anybody else. So why yeah, wouldn't yeah. I not tell him if it was his missus? Sure. And it was nothing awkward. Weird about conversation him. to have, though. Right? Yeah, well, no, just the thing, mate. It really wasn't. Not really, nah. That's what I'm saying. And that is that level of a relationship that I have with him is unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable to be able to just. No, there's nothing I need to hide from him. Mm. There's nothing I can... Um, do you know what I mean? That, for me, is probably one of the most embarrassing things. But I didn't feel bad telling him. <laughs> but it's involuntary as
1: well. That, like You don't go to bed and deliberately have a dream. No. Sometimes I think those those dreams are things to challenge you. Because if you think, oh, I've got this thing where everything happens for a reason, right? And if it's, if it's everything, then it's fucking everything. It's like every little bit... Every little thing, every little experience happens for a reason because it moves you closer to that path. And that vulnerable moment that you had to have, it's part of your path. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, um, so my point of being is that those relationships, that vulnerability, that stuff, like having that space, mm. having that person, because bear in mind, I don't have a dad, don't have a mum, um, I have an amazing brother. And, but those aren't kind of things that we can really talk about. You know, he's, he's my best mate in many, many ways, but the, the relationship I have with Tim and I hope moving forward more so with yourself because we have shared that now. It's like having that space to feel that you could be completely vulnerable and no matter how bad it is, no matter what it is, no matter how bad the thing you might have done or not done or whatever it is, that you can go and say that to someone who loves you and they will love you through it and they will support you and they will te- and they will either tell you you're a fucking dick for doing what you did um, or they will say yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But you know, they, I know he will tell me the truth. He will be 100% honest with me yeah. always. And I have to be accepting of that. And the same with Nat. Like if I called Nat as well, she was exactly the same with me. Like and through my behavior in, you know, different relationships, they've, they've called me out. They've, they've fucking thrown at me and said, you're being a fucking idiot. Yeah. hundred percent. being a fucking yeah, idiot. Yeah. And it, it's always from a place with love. I know that yeah. I, I've played from a place of love. It's, it's, they, they just want me to be better. They they don't want me to keep repeating the same mistakes. So they'll keep telling me if I'm making them. But to the point where Tim, I'm sure he hung up on me once because he was like, are you fucking joking? You're going to go and you're going doing that again. Fuck, like, listen, oh, I, can't, I can't even do it. Well, I'm out. See yeah, later. no, just because he, he, he was so annoyed with me. And that for me, I was like, oh, I've let him down. So but, but I needed that as well. Yeah, I needed yeah. that. And then I started calling him, like, I'm sorry. And he's like, listen, it's okay, but I'm just so, you're so frustrated watching you do this to yourself. Yeah. You can't keep doing it. It's no, it's no good. And the thing is, I, I would say to him, I know you're right. I do know you're right. And I know I need to do what you're saying, but you've got to understand how difficult this is for me. Like this behaviour you want me to change, it's yep. been there forever. Mm. It's always been there. It's going to take me time. But I, I know you're right. And I promise you I'm working toward doing that. And he's like, okay, I've got you. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's so lovely to have that that trusting friendship and that relationship where you can be honest and vulnerable and do totally yourself and know that they've they always got you. They've always got your best interest, but you've got to trust them. That's the other thing. You know, you can't fight with them. you got to believe no, them 100%. percent you got to believe them. You've got to believe that if they're saying something that isn't nice for you... And it said it's a, it's a good thing they're saying because they want they it's know it's the hard to say
1: behind it as well. Like, so you could say something to someone, and the, and the and the intent behind it, if it's like, look, I love you, but you're being a massive bellend. It's mm. different. You fucking twat. Mm. What are you fucking doing? Mm. You know what I mean? It's like mm. I love you, and you're you're. I, I understand what you're doing, but mm. it's really wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's a different lens that that can be. And sometimes people struggle to even get it out in that way. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of you know parenting stuff comes from it's like I love you but mm. I can't articulate this feeling it's too complex mm. and one thing I, I, I got out of our conversation the other day um was that vulnerability like um my pal told me about it when he did it I won't say his name but he mm. he, he told me he did it once and and, and, and you know what I mean he broke himself down to nothing he never he never done it broke himself down he was crying his eyes out and it was just received like well Yes. and that's oh, okay. scarring
0: yeah. yeah it was scarring yeah it? especially for somebody who because yeah you've got to pick the right person you do it with the wrong person you could end up scarring yourself more, more traumatise yourself even more about oh, being vulnerable yeah. and then you, you know so if you take that one leap of faith to go do you know what I'm going to be vulnerable with this person I'm going to tell them how I feel and I'm going to show how hurt I am and then they meet it with what the fuck are you doing mm. and then you just go, <laughs> oh, it crushed it's, it's like what you said about the singing thing it's like what you said about the singing thing yeah right yeah yeah do you I think we
1: all sing like, and we all have things that we do that mm. are ours and that we do in private yeah so mm. like singing or whatever else and I remember and this is, I feel sick thinking about it because right m- my previous relationship I was I, and, and again I, I will say this till the day I've never loved someone in that way never ever ever loved mm. someone in that to that degree because I've made so many mistakes in my addiction and I've caused loads of shit because I hadn't treated and dealt with my traumas and my, my past but, you know, when I when I was trying to fight for her back, I've never found will like it. Like mm. I would get up at three o'clock in the morning, I'd walk for two mm. hours, I'd go to the gym, I'd do everything I need, and I'd do it every day, every mm. day, every day. You know, like I did that court and i do all this stuff, right? Mm. And I don't know what came over me because i'm a very emotional gushy guy and i was listening to this song and she always used to say to me like if you really gave it a go you can sing like you can sing she gave you a little yeah but she said to me she all the time she'll hear me around the house she was like you've got such a good voice i wish you would sing and i was like oh amazing so i fucking tried to <laughs> sing her a song i sent it on a voice note and i didn't think about deleting it and i sent it <laughs> and like she literally listened to it and she was like lol she <laughs> laughed at me and i just remember my never again no but it was just like it's a different feeling yeah mm. it just uh, it crushed me man and i was mm. like it makes me emotional thinking about it because it was just like i tried something yeah, to bear my soul to you, and you know, it wasn't like, ah. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was something. Singing's very,
0: very personal, hundred percent for me, especially. I love to sing. You know, I do. I sing yeah. almost every single day. It's healing. It's. I want to become a really good singer for myself, and uh, it's. But even now, even though I think I'm getting a bit better, I still can't sing in front of people. Uh, you know, so if I if I did sing in front of someone, it's like I've had to work up to that to have the courage to do it. And it's I have to feel comfortable kind of with them, yeah. To you know, So I've sang with you in the house, but you had to be on the other side, I remember, but I thought you was. <laughs> I
1: remember, right? So you sing all the time in the house and I'm like, I'm used to it, yeah? And then I was doing something and you were in the, a back room and i like, you belted this, I can't even remember what it was, you belted it out, yeah? And I I, I shouted down, I said, exactly that, do that more. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, that that was the way for you, you know, and it was, yeah. it was barely, you know, it, 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 again, this is where in the world, right? You do stuff like that with certain people and they'll be like, what's he fucking doing? Mm. But with me, it's like, right? Well, I'm accepting my friend as he comes. Mm. And this is the things that he likes to do. Yeah. And this is what he's trying to master in himself. And it takes a co- bit of you know, courageous. Again, it's brave mm. to do it, you know, because some people do it. And I think it is for validation because they think they can sing really well. Mm. And then, you, you know, you want to say to them, oh, I love you, but no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with you, it's not like that because you know when you record something and you listen to it back. You know, sent one into the group once before, and we were all like, "Mate, we didn't know how have you got that in the locker? You're sick at FIFA
0: and that." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it but it's hard. Oh yeah, I have to keep it. I don't know. It's, I don't know if it, I don't think it's something I'll ever be able to do in front of people. But for me, is it, it's up there with um, meditation. It's up there with breath work. It's up there with cold water as. as one of the most healing things you could possibly do for yourself. And I know you love to sing as well, but yeah, it's, um, it's it's a different feeling for me.
1: So I don't love it in the same way that you do. Like I don't, I don't, I don't revel in it. Mm. Like occasionally if I, if I listen, if I, so I've got three types of music that i listen to. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah, I know one of them we know one of them but that, that to me is something I can't explain to other people I didn't choose it that life chose me in it <laughs> I, I, I literally love it and I love it inside and out and I know every part of it and all my powers and the memories and just like the festivals and I want to yeah, go, yeah. go, go into a few this year if I can get to them because life's really busy at the moment but you know I love it right mm. and then there's so there's that that, that, that to me is more like you're singing right yeah yeah for I, sure yeah that is like yeah because I've like- heard
0: how passionate you are about that That how yeah exactly you've actually. seen me like yeah, when yeah, I'm listening yeah, to you it, love that I'm, not, I'm not, God, that's but, like that's, that's, that's such a good thing it's such an important thing so I've got that musing in you. you've got that it's something you do every day right every, every single, day. single day and oh, I think everybody that. if they're going to heal from any of these traumas or any of these behaviours you know these the, I, I mentioned today on, on one of my stories I think or a post it was about the four things that I think you have to do yeah you know but I probably should have mentioned a few one which is a passion a passion that you love that's yours that doesn't it's not for anyone else it doesn't necessarily give anything other than joy to yourself in your own space and do it every day
1: how many undiscovered passions are there out in the world that people are too scared to explore because mm. they're worried what other people are going to think yeah. and you can tap into that you don't have to be an expert at it
0: no, you don't have to be the just, best in it the just world. needs to be something that fulfills you do you know what i mean i'm not the best singer i don't get me wrong I can, i'm better than i was because i've sang a lot i've put a lot of time and effort into doing it because i love it like mm it has been such an important part of my healing process over the sure. last couple of months as well. I just, I just love it. I could sit there for six, seven hours singing nonstop. If your voice pops, Yeah. Happen. Well, yeah. it just gets to a point. i sing myself out. That's how much I sing. I've got nothing left. To, I can't sing anymore. It's insane. But um, you know, but it's, it's healthy though. I think it's so healthy to have something that you're passionate about that doesn't, so it doesn't harm anyone. It's not too much of an indulgence as well. It doesn't, you know, like I would have said cod before, but cod's really done unhealthy way of trying to, you can get absorbed into that. But singing is for me is healing and being listening to music. Like you said, whether it's your type of music or anything I like to listen to, it's, it's something about it. It's something it's, about it's it. It's the
1: uncomfortable thing again. So when you're challenging yourself in something that's uncomfortable, because singing is un- like an uncomfortable thing to do. Somebody hears you, like, oh, you're shit. Like it's a, you know, call of duty. You're not going to get that, are you? You'll just have to play with shit to people in order to play a reasonable game. Mm. But with, with things like, you know, um, the music I listen to, nobody here listens to it yeah Yeah. so i have to go to fucking holland to listen to it and when i go to holland to listen to it it makes sense to me i'm like with my people you know what i mean and it's very like i love it (laughs) and and i come back from that and i feel so nourished by the whole environment but then when when i when i listen to it around other people like lee come back from the man cave with me (laughs) i've got it on up
0: is he like, well, yeah, well and
1: annoyed. he's like, you know, he, he's like, he, he's like he, this is what I love about Lee. He's like, you know, another guy that I've known. He was, he helped me get into recovery nine years ago when I first started my journey of trying to get better. I was toying with different things, but he sits in the, he sat in the car and he was like, bro. He said, I see how much you love this. He said, it don't bother me. What everybody else doesn't does doesn't bother me. Mm. And like, even though I'm sitting here with it, I'm trying to understand what you're hearing.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? I, I, I can I know what you're hearing. I can hear it. I know why you like it. I can totally God, get it. I love it. I think I it. it suits your ADHD as well. Yeah, oh, it's fucking all over. It there, absolutely. It? It, I think it calms your ADHD. If anything, I think no. It's, but my brain
1: identifies with it. It's like yeah, it, it's but,
0: going at the pace that your your brain wants to go. So true. it's almost like it's hit a frequency for you. That's how when I see you, you're like you're in it. It's right. like. I Can keep track of everything that's happening at the speed and it's super fast, isn't it? So- yeah, it's fast, but it's also like there's patterns that come out in
1: it, and I know when the patterns are coming yeah, and, yeah, and I, yeah. I look forward to it. And then occasionally a DJ will drop, like he'll produce a piece of music, in like <laughs> 10 seconds of bliss because I don't know what's happening. And then it'll be one note, one kick, boom. <laughs> like there's, there's, there's loads of it, and I'll, I'll rewind it and rewind it. It's like very greedy, like
0: yeah. Like, I think, um, I think that's because obviously I've got ADHD as well. I think uh, I've seen her videos to say that if, if do you listen to songs over and over and over and i'm like yep it's like, yeah. that's an adhd thing if you if i hear a song i love i can play it over and over again for hours days yeah all oh, day to so the point I, if everybody anyone else was around they'd just be like i want to die this
1: is too much the same set i've listened to i've got four sets yeah once yeah. i get a set it's my set yeah but that set has gone on every day two or three times a day like when i'm in the gym <laughs> when i'm walking when i'm trying to focus at work it's on and it goes
0: it's funny that we both have adhd because it's it's traumatic childhoods that a lot of the time is generates people who have ADHD. I think,
1: it? is it time to sort of edge into the trauma now? Because we've done a yeah, lot. We've
0: done a bit of it. We've done a bit on it. But I think, yeah, we can dive in more into it as well. I think it's well, what's interesting. What's your
1: take on, what is your, like if I was to say to you, can you explain to me in the shortest version of what is trauma to you?
0: Anything that affects the way the brain thinks to a degree of negativity, perhaps. And it doesn't, it has like trauma could be, it's crazy how trauma could be um, identified in the brain subconsciously. I don't think, like people say trauma, and people think of abuse, neglect, um, and all that kind of stuff, which sadly I know a lot about. But there's people who have, will have the same results that I have had from that level of severe abuse and they haven't had anywhere near as much as that. It it could be as simple as something as their, their, their dad or their mum just worked quite a lot. Mm. They were, when they were there, they were loving and they were always and, you know, but they had to work a lot. They needed to work a lot. Sure. But as a result, they didn't get to see them enough. And they really needed them. So say somebody's quite sensitive, for example, you or I, we need affection. Yeah. Let's say our mum isn't tactile and isn't very affectionate and the dad isn't either. And but you get everything else. They're always present, they're always available. They talk to you a lot, but you really needed that affection. Mm. That was that's traumatized to you. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's crazy how people could look at their childhood and think, oh, I can't think of anything. But if you really dig, you really start to look because people have problems and behaviours in their lives that they don't really understand why. They can't pinpoint a part of their life where they had um, a traumatic event happen, but they're, they're trying to look for something as obvious as you know, abuse or Mm. neglect or, you know, violence, anything. They're trying to look for something like that that doesn't exist. And it's like, no, okay, that's why you need therapy Mm. because they will find it. They will help you identify what it is within yourself and within the trauma that you suffered. That's now manifested into a new behavior that really isn't you. And I'll I'll coin and I'll use another phrase, which is one of my favorites is, um, I am not what happened to me. I am what I chose to become. Yeah. And, the whole point—the whole point of growth—once for me, when you get clean and you stop taking drugs, you beat the addiction. Okay, now it's time to to beat your trauma. Essentially, yeah. it's time to become what you want to be and not what you were made to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a really difficult journey. It's a really hard one because you start have to you have to relive everything. You have to. It's crazy how much of yourself is not you. How much you thought was you, and and I would. I would challenge that there's there's lots about me right now that still isn't me, and I think observing you as well, there's things about you that I know that will will change, will you, will won't that you you identify as you right now and, and that you're happy with, which is unbelievable. But eventually, you're going to go. Mm. That's actually not me. I actually don't need to be like that, and I'm only like that because this happened, and it, and it's when those light bulbs go off. Oof, that's hard. I That's mean, so
1: hard. It, it is such a beautiful way that you put it. And for me, like, because when, when we look at trauma, right, trauma inherently comes with resentment. And the resentment is tied to a specific situation, which you mm. then build a story around in your mind as to why I'm this way. Mm. And then it's this game. Blaming everyone. Mm. I did this. You did that. You did this to me. You did that. And then you're in a perpetual sob story cycle of like, oh, Mm. this happened to me. That happened to me. And I never got this. And I didn't do that. And then what you do is end up always projecting that image out into the world, and that becomes who you
0: are. Yeah. Well, you end up being somebody who's you're basically making excuses for your behaviour, and you're saying, well, they did this to me. Ten years. They did that to me. It's like, okay, that was fine when you were a child but you're not a child anymore. You're an adult. And back then you could excuse being a little shit because you were being abused. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. You were 10. You didn't know any better, but okay, you're 30 now. You're still behaving the same way in a more adult way, but exactly as you was as a child. Now you've got to take some responsibility. And this is the hardest thing about trauma. A lovely saying that I think I might've coined by the way, <laughs> which is it's, It's not your fault that it happened to you trauma is not it's not your fault that trauma happened to you but it is your responsibility to fix the damage it caused sure that's the most unfair thing about it it's the hardest thing to accept because it's like it's not my fault i'm like this no it isn't actually your fault you're like that but it is your responsibility to stop being like that you have to accept that
1: yeah i mean for me healing your trauma and becoming the best person that you can be and becoming your true authentic self mm. is the meaning of life because the meaning of life is ours it's mine my mm. meaning of life my meaning of life is weird dutch music and bloody deep conversations and mm. love and romance and bloody you know trips of like i've got my own thing that i like to do and i like to be so my meaning of life is going to be different to yours mm. yeah oh what was that that's your phone oh, it's still on you, do you want to turn that off oh. Um, I think that the definition and, and the meaning of life is is to go through your own traumas and become the person that you're supposed to be. Because if you think about that generational leap, it just keeps moving down, moving down, moving down. And actually, we just got a, a long trail of unhealed people. And all I think for me right now is I want to become the very person that I choose to be based out of the things I know in my heart to be true. Mm -hmm. And I give myself the best chance of doing that by finding out the stupid behaviours that eliminate the possibility of that happening. Mm. You know, I can't move myself into a place where I am successful in the rights that I want to be. I can't have the family that I want. I can't have the job that I want. I can't have the body that I want Mm. because I can't commit to the things that I need to commit to because my stupid behaviors lean on food and emotional support and validation and love from women and love Mm. from other people and like seeking something outside of me always. And I always got asked by my ex partner, she said to me, why is it you can't be happy with what you've got? And it is nothing to do with not being happy with what I've got It's that I have lived my life like a, scumbag for years mm. i want to achieve the things that are important to me and i want to take my family with me
0: i think it goes further back than that too sure i think you say you've lived like a scumbag for years that's one of the reasons i think it's it's not the primary the primary is before you you were acting like a scumbag you already felt worthless 100 percent. and it's like so okay i acted out in all these different ways because i didn't really understand why i felt worthless Oh, I do not understand why I didn't. I didn't love me. I didn't understand what was wrong with me. But I knew there was something wrong with me. And there is yeah. something wrong with me. Hundred percent. And there was another. This I said. Um, the thing is, with trauma, is it's normally dealt at the hands of people who are broken and traumatised themselves. Mm-hmm. And but what that trauma does is make you think there's something wrong with you. The problem with that is that there is nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with them, which means there was never anything wrong with you in the first place other than what they inflicted on you. Mm. And then when you you get that, it's like, so there isn't anything wrong with me. But then you felt that way since five years old. Okay, just because I know that now, I don't suddenly unfeel that. Mm -hmm. I, I still feel that. And it's like, right, okay, how do I heal 29 years of feeling worthless and not good enough and like there's something wrong with me. I've felt like that anyway since I was five, plus all the horrible shit that I've done throughout my life because of that stuff that happened to me that built me in a way that was wrong and made me have zero morals and no trust and hated people, hated the world. So I was just destined to go and destroy it as far as (laughs) I was concerned. Yeah, that was my genuine consensus of life was... Mm. Fuck everyone, fuck the world. I'll hurt you before you hurt me. Yeah, that was how I saw things, and it was obviously a horrible way to think. But that was what I saw. Right, it's what I know. It's what was all I knew. You know, so it it manifested in so many different different ways. But then eventually, it sort of went into the drug area as well because that's why I started doing it. I couldn't keep friends because I kept doing dishonest things. I kept doing things that made people not like me. You know, people would get really close to me and i have really great friends I'd have like one really good friend you know I mentioned Jack earlier he was one of them and then I think I did something that pissed him off I think I might have tried to kiss one of his girlfriends or something like that or I did kiss his, one of his girlfriends then that was that friendship over then another friend called uh, Ross I bloody he was like dating this girl it was when MSN just started and uh, I ended up messaging her on MSN and trying to chat her up instead of him it's like what's wrong with you said, what are you doing it's like this isn't good and then I think uh, he'd split up with one of his girlfriends and then a day later I slept with her like, that was like five years later and it's like these, these behaviours kept yeah. coming out and it was like and I, and I think the night before I walked him home because he was on crutches so I was at a party he's
1: weakened let's get her it, it, so I
0: was at a party with him and I walked him home and I was like I love you bro because like, he was on his go on his crutches alone walked him home back to the party and then I slept with his girlfriend It's like what's wrong with you obviously I was drunk and intoxicated and I was a 15 16 year old boy I had to knock a twat but underneath there was something going on there was something about my behavior but the thing is all these things piled up over years and years and years on top of the already self-hatred that I had Mm. from my you know suicidal mother to my abusive father it 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 compounds itself into something so forceful inside of you that It's and then it's buried. It's buried deep and it's protected. And it and it's like right, you can't get near it. You can't get near it. And you have got to peel back layer after layer after layer after layer after after layer. So much effort and it's it's so much time, so much effort. But if you want it enough, if this what if you want to be rid of these behaviors, you have to do it. There's no other way. And then eventually you'll reach that point because the 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 feeling is this that you're running from. It's that I hate who I am, and there's something wrong with me, and that no one wants me, and that I'm not lovable. There's all this, all that, that's it combined. That's the feeling. But you what comes out is, when of my late teen years is, I'm the fucking bollocks. I'll sniff more drugs than anyone. I'm not afraid of anything. I can pull any bird I want. Mm. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. It's like, oh yeah, there's always the life and soul, always the loudest in the room. And it's like that was the the person I'd created to protect the what was underneath, mm. and what was underneath was a scared boy that felt fucking worthless, yeah,
1: all along. And the show has to go on, you know. You continue the show, and you know, I like I, I think what, I, I identify so much with what you said because I'm very the same, mm. you know. I went, I, I accidentally got involved in loads of stupid shit, and I was trying to be somebody, and I was yeah, yeah, but I'm just fucking scared the whole time. And I think, <laughs> you know what what I found interesting find interesting about this conversation is, hey, we've got so much likeness about it, but when when it comes to like how you felt about what you said you did in the past along with all of the other fucking shit that both of us have done in the past, right mm. if I look at it now, right, so the guilt and the shame, what I have to do is 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 take empathy and view myself empathetically and be like you didn't know any different and that's fine you do now so from here on in it's your responsibility Mm. um but then you have to get some acceptance around it because what we have is the resentment as well towards ourselves and the people that we felt harmed us and all that sort of stuff like there's three words that really have meant a lot to me in this recovery process yeah and that's forgiveness yeah that's accountability and that's the ability to just completely let it all go, and that's mm. the hardest bit mm. because you go right. I can do this. I can. I can. I can see what you guys did. I can accept it. And yep. now, can I walk away from it? And I've never <laughs> been able to do that until just recently mm. when I I, I I had a conversation with my mum. And it was very reminiscent of all of the fucking conversations we've ever had in the past. Like, oh, I want you to do this for me, or well, you never do this for me. And so this week, I've called my sister and I said, I want to build a relationship with you. I'm so sorry. I've not been in Big Brother very well. I want to do that. I called my mum and my dad every day, or at least every other day for, for this week, because I'm trying to put in my parameters and where I know that I'm doing my bit. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, and it's accepting your own duty to take control of your own life because it is not going to be fixed by anyone else and the work is the hardest thing you will ever do and some people will think it's selfish or self-indulgent or, you know, it's this or it's that and the reason I sit opposite you today and I sit opposite you all the time is because I can share what I've gone through, what I've been through and you can say, I see it, but now what do you do about it? how Mm. do you fix yourself because Mm. it's no one else's fucking responsibility it has Mm. to be you Mm. and then when you start to change do you know how many messages i've had in the last week liam Mm. you look so happy you look so this you look so that Mm. i'm like this nice validation but i'm like it's fucking hard Mm. but i'm doing it Mm. and Mm. i'll never stop doing it because every Mm. time i put it down Mm. fat useless sad liam comes back out
0: yeah, I think there's tools that you've picked up before that you know work for you, but I think, you know, there's also tools that you didn't pick up, that the, the ones, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a, there's pieces to the puzzle and the puzzle doesn't work unless you've got them all. Mm. And it's like, right, okay. you Well, there's picked,
1: a big gap in it, you know. Yeah, I
0: mean? yeah, and if, and, if, and if that big gap's there, that gap eventually will start spreading and it will, will all fall apart because it's got to be a complete picture. You know, for me, the biggest... It's physical, spiritual, mental, isn't it? Like you've got to heal all three. Um, But yeah, understanding yourself, understanding your trauma, and it's all inner child stuff, mate. Like for me, it's...
1: Now that's a weird concept now. I I, I think this this is something we should really go into as well. Yeah. It's because terminology that we've practiced with and spoke about and, you know, the spiritual side of life, you know, that everyone Mm. thinks fucking weird hippies, what are they going on about? You know, like when we talk about the shadow work and when we talk about... Um, the the tr- like the, the the embodiment of trauma and some of the other phrases in this in this world that we live in, me and you live in, because we can talk fluently about mm. it. But there's a few things that you've mentioned where you know those those words aren't going to make sense to Joe public. Mm. Yeah. So when you talk about um, inner child, in the inner child is a very tricky concept to understand because actually you think, well no, know.
0: Well, I, I, I the- have a good way of explaining it. Because it could be there's various books. Like if you look at um there's a book called The Chimp Paradox, which is a great book mm. by the way. Um and they they def- they separate it to the human and the chimp. Yeah. And there's two two parts of your brain. Um, the humanity center, I can't remember where that lives, So you know. there's a, there's a technical part of your brain where the humanity center, the human center, humanity center lives. And then there's your limbic system in your brain, which is a technical term is where your emotional center, center is. And that's where they say the chimp is. But so your human, your chimp is your adult, your child. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's always going to be those two parts of your brain at work. And basically it's, it's, you can break it down once more. It's logic and emotion. Right. That's it. It's that simple. So your child inner child is really your emotional centre, you know, and it's because it's formed from your childhood. It's formed at your early year your naught to five is where the Formative majority years, yeah. to five is the biggest and most profound years on your break on the growth growth of who you're going to be. Mm. So what happened in naught to five and five to ten, biggest years of your life because they will genuinely unless you go through change like we are and we're making the effort, they're going to determine who you are. So what you see from your parents, your relationship with them and what you see externally imprints on you and that's going to determine how, how you yes. think about certain people, certain places, certain things, your opinions, your views. It's all going to be absorbed, absorbed from from that part of your life. Yeah. So working on inner child is, is, is as simple as bloody knowing that like okay i'll give you a good example of working with a child i was going to ask you to do it when we got here today because i did this meditation right and it was it was magic i don't know why i did it it just came to my head i'm going to try this so i was in the bath and i was i was meditating and i had um i was probably about five minutes into and i was getting to like the alpha part of my brain um alpha alpha state they call it isn't it yeah or is it a beta
1: I mean, the label doesn't really matter. If but yeah, I basically state, got you know to I mean? got
0: to a point of almost like in between dream and awake, um, where I'm still consciously thinking. And then I basically just separated outside of my body. I was standing next to myself in the bath and I was looking down at me. And then I, I have a picture of me when I was about 11, a school photo. And so I had my hair like really blonde and had a couple of gaps in my teeth. And I remember that was what he looked like. And that was an age where it was really difficult for me. I remember... The face looked great in the photo. Underneath, I knew how pain, much pain I was in. And then I put. So when I was looking at myself, I changed me to him. And then I looked at him, and then I just spoke to him, and I asked him how he felt. You know, I talked to him, and he was sad. And he said, "I'm sad, and I miss her. You know, mm. I miss." And I'm, and I'm scared about what you're doing. I'm scared about where you're going. Like this was him speaking to me. Mm. He's sitting there telling me. I didn't have to talk. I was just listening to what he said just whatever came to my mind that's what my subconscious I got into it and I was talking and he was telling me everything about where he's at and then I was just reassuring him I was like listen it's okay like I know I'm scared too mm-hmm. this is new but you've got to trust me I've got this like this is you, we're, we're really good and I hugged him I kissed him on the forehead and I said I love you and I'm, I'm always going to protect you I'm always going to look after you which is what at that age I needed 100% it's what I needed what I needed oh. at that age is me now I needed a me yeah. who could go and be there for him, you know. So I, in that in that uh, meditation, I just sat with him and I spoke to him and I just gave him everything he needed. And the thing is, these are the things that that people don't really understand or think that's like bollocks, what the fuck. But it, trust me, is this is healing stuff at the the highest degree as far as I know because this is stuff that I've done in therapy. Like again, four years into therapy, this is really technical, difficult stuff. But you can, like um, there's another book that i read about um, labelling or, give, sorry, giving your inner child a name. So I'm on Zaki. Zaki is what I was called when I was little. So I was perfect, that's what I'll call him now. And it uh, can also be your ego a little bit as well. But yeah, I call him Zaki. So whenever he's playing out or he's thinking about traumatic stuff, because my brain, um, by, by nature of its of its environment, he's so used to trauma. Before my life's peaceful, he'll start thinking about your life and what mm. you're doing wrong and start getting angry and, or somebody else or another friend or my brother or or somebody else, they could be doing this. or they're like Thinking about shit that's going wrong in other people's lives. I'm like, and I have to go, Zachy, no. Comfy in the chaos. Com- yeah, he's comfortable there. And I'm saying, listen, It's okay. Let's just be here. We don't need to keep doing that. Sometimes you have five minutes in that space and sometimes he might have 10, but what I'm trying to do is reduce it down so that he only gets 30 seconds there. And I'm like, no, no, no Look, I see what you're doing. We're not going there. Come back. You know, so it's having a relationship with him, nurturing him and being his adult, being his parent. Well, you helped
1: me see that because let's say we go back to the, to the instance, you know, a, a, a little while ago, a short while ago, where I love Bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were trying to, like, it really provoked me because it had never been something I'd thought about. And you were like, that's the child in you. And I was like, well, I don't know what you fucking mean. And mm-hmm. I've been involved in this stuff for years. And I, was, I never understood it. But when you may explain to me, like, you're that, if you imagine a child that's got a, a, that likes someone. You're gonna chase them around. You want to play with them. You want to talk to them. You want to, yeah. you know. I've bought you this from the garden. I bought you a Daisy from the garden. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I got you, my sweeties. You know yeah. what I mean? And like
0: when you're older, you've just got uh, you it's know you've just got different things at your disposal. Yeah, yeah. You for can bike can drive
1: there and give you something. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. As opposed to you know what I mean? Or, I, I rode my bike here and yeah, I got yeah. used to my last five skills. Yeah, you know what I mean? Which are a bit sweaty in my pocket. But, <laughs> you know. but it's but the childlike. same thing. It's the childlike behaviour that you exhibit. And mm. when, when, when I started really thinking about it, cause I've read the Chin paradox and I didn't really identify with it too much because mm. everything's different for everyone. Mm. Um, but th- I, it really twigged with me and now I start to see my behaviors and, and you and I know the last two, three weeks has been challenging for me mm. because I got like, like yesterday when we were out for food, yeah, we had a bit of a, uh, like like there's a, there's a moment where the conversation reached a point where it was difficult and I don't like being told I'm wrong. Mm. Because every time I've made a mistake or every time I've felt something about my future, like I want to do this, I want to do that, I felt like it's just not been supported or cared for or looked after or like mm. accepted by anyone, anyone. Um, and then I've had the the, the feeling of that um, I'm just not heard in how I feel. It's like that, that almost embodies itself in this weird behaviour to me that then makes me feel, how do I put it? you don't hear me and I don't like it when you resist me and that makes me cross because you're not listening to how I actually see the world. The tr- My truth mm. is I want to build something, make something successful. Mm. That's my truth. And you're telling me that's not going to work or that's wrong,
0: mm.
1: you know, or like I've done ayahuasca. That's what the conversation was. I know the truth, mm. you know, and I've had loads of people say to me, it's mental, you're mm. mental. Now that mm. is mental. It doesn't work. And I'm like, I've done it. Mm. How are you telling me something doesn't exist or does not have the effect that you're saying it does when I've done it? Yeah, yeah. I've been through it. I've experienced it, and it was like when I'm not heard, and I'm like, mm. it's almost like somebody somebody's told you they've, that they've painted that wall there red. Mm. You know what I mean? And you you you, you you're so certain, you're like I know it's red. Yeah, yeah. I know it's, I know it's red. I'm you're bad. like, listen, mate. Look, like it might look red, but mm. actually. What it is, is the light reflecting from here and here, when it's actually orange. And you're like, no. I painted it, the tin said red. Do you know what I mean? You,
0: you can't tell I went to B&Q, bought it myself, put it on the wall. I think we um, we all have a level of defence around certain things, certainly being told we're wrong. I think it's, it is something that I, I personally don't like of myself. I don't like that. I can get defensive very quickly. It's an insecurity as far as I'm concerned. Hundred percent being insecure. So you get triggered because somebody's telling you you're wrong, and you you believe wholeheartedly that you're right, and you almost think that there's actually no way I can be wrong, and yeah. somebody's going, you're wrong. Yeah. And then when you actually with get... certainty
1: as well, it's yeah. like
0: no, you're wrong, and I'm like, Ooh. yeah. But then you kind of have to try and find a way of going, okay, I need to listen. Somehow, I need to not get angry and shut them down. Mm. I need to go okay. Well, like as you know, I can do that. I've shut people down. I'll be like, no, listen, I'm I'm right. You're end the story. I'm going
1: to sit in the car. Yeah,
0: yeah like it's, it's, it's there's no two ways about this. You're wrong, mm. <laughs> and it's yeah. I get the same, but I think I I don't. I, you get very prickly with it, or you, you get quite emotional. Can, I think didn't you? We can talk. Well, me and you have developed a method of
1: talking that stuff out. Yeah, well, I see it happening. You—that's why—and then I kind of wind myself back. Yeah, you because you because you, you start to see you exhibiting it, because you know why I feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so you go okay. I so reapproach trying, it in a yeah, different way. But then, like yesterday, what I had to do because I'm, like I'm we've got Matt, um, Craig, Hannah, there, Matt, uh, Craig, Hannah, and then there was you and Scotty. Yeah, and you, we were talking, and I just sat up for a minute. And yeah, I sat there yeah. and I was looking around and I started to process the information of how I felt. Mm. Then I went out onto the balcony. And then um, I went out and had a vape on the balcony, and it was a beautiful canal. And it was like there was two boats there, and I was like looking out at the sky and that. And I, I like I like the stars. I like looking up at the stars, looking about. And then I looked down at the boat, and there's one boat called Alpha, mm. yeah, and then there's another one called Green, Dream Dreamcatcher. Mm. And I was like, this is so weird, man, <laughs> because what we're trying to do, right? Me and you are very, very success, not success orientated, but in our lives, because of our past, we have this big thing like, I'm going to be successful. Mm. It's it like, I may not have done it yet, but I'm going to get, you've done it. It's the
0: alpha thing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but then that's why I was, you know, it's like the alpha dream catcher. It's like, I'm not trying to be alpha. I'm not the fucking top gorilla that's going to run around banging his chest on everything. But I promise you, I promise you with 100% certainty, I will make it to where I want to go. And it's not having millions of pounds in my bank. It's not being able to have a yacht in Marbella. It's having the life that I choose to have it's because I chose that
0: you, it. that It's interesting that you, you link that feeling to that. So all I was doing was disagreeing with you. And by me saying that, it's almost shattered your entire existence while saying you're never going to be anything. Mm. You're never going to achieve any of that. Cause that's what it's you've mad, gone out. isn't it? So, you've gone out and walked out and gone, I am going to achieve all of that. I am, you know, I am a dreamer and I'm going to get those dreams. So, he can fuck off. It's like, hold on, I never said your dreams aren't going nowhere, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you've but that's it's perhaps, my that's your emotional response to the situation because, like you said, about it was almost like when you were younger, you were told that you were told you're not really going to, you know, you're not going to be these dreamers that you stop dreaming, basically stop being so this, just go and get a job, go and just do that. That's, that's, that's kind of the norm. That's what you have to do, which is probably what a lot of parents say is, you just need to go and work nine to five because they, they don't have the huge ambitions and they they don't really see the point in you doing it. It's not to say they're trying to neglect you of having them. It's just different ambitions. They've got different
1: ambitions and they've got different life goals. And I understand that. And I and that had to take a long time. I'm like, you lot won't don't want to do what I'm doing. So mm. you lot are all shit. Mm. And actually, what it is is like, no, you're different. And I respect your life. And I respect how you've got to where you are. And I respect you as people. Mm. You know, I'm trying to find. Do you feel like you'll ever get that? Yeah. I got it today. Oh, really? Yeah, I spoke to my dad, and like, you know, he, my dad had that burger bun for years and years and years, and he ran it, you know, for a long time, and like just going through one season. So the winter and the summer. Yeah, it's winter, it's freezing. Mm, yeah, horrible. horrible but then you've got to get the grill to heat up and you've got to cook on it and then you got to fucking serve loads of people and sometimes 25 people turn up at once and everyone wants their food yesterday you know what mm, i mean it's mm. like they want it now and it's like i physically can't cook it because every time i put cold meat on this grill it gets cooler mm. so i have to then wait for it to re-warm up and mm. it's not the best <laughs> you know what i mean and then you know so i've been through his life for a year which he did for 20 years yeah and my nan gave that to him 18 like she had it for even longer so i've like been in the family for fucking decades right mm. i had it for a year and i was like nope <coughs> because i loved i loved the independence but like if i wanted a day off i'd just have a day off yeah yeah. because yeah. it was like well and then and then your trade slows down because people can't rely on you You're but being there yeah but I, like i opened it in covid it was really good to the start i had done loads of branding marketing all that sort of stuff i invested a bit of money in it and mm. you know i got it off the ground and you know I'm not scared to try things, you know what I mean? I'm not scared mm. to jump out of a job into into something else. Until I find my thing, which I've now found, I, I'm not scared of doing it. Do you that,
0: think your dad kind of respected you
1: for doing that? Well, no, no. But when I spoke to him yesterday, what happened was, is I, was like, I, I he was like, um, I can't even remember what we're talking about. I said, oh, you, oh yeah, he said he's away with mum. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've, I'm not back at work till Wednesday. Mm. I was like, it must be so good for you to know you've got paid holiday now. And he was like, yeah, it's nice. And I was like, yeah, it must have been horrible. Because he was like, yeah, I literally worked every day at the back did Monday to Saturday every mm. week. And he didn't, have, he didn't have any time off. Mm. He would only have time off at Christmas. So fair play to him. He did it 15 years, 51 weeks of the year, 50, 50 weeks of the year, like bank holidays or whatever else. He still got up, did his stuff and went mm. into work. And he was up every morning at the same time. So there I respect are,
0: that. The men of, you know, one thing, I'll give that to my old man. I mean, he's, he's, he's not someone I respect to a certain degree, but when it comes to work ethic, the man was a warrior. You know, he worked ridiculous amount mm. you know 15 and that generation they generally did the men they,
1: well, just, they the, the,
0: you know i'm not saying that this generation don't because they're still on men you know because tim god he he works ridiculous 15 hour days every day He's i think just, the next generation are struggling with the idea of work because
1: everyone wants to be a youtuber a podcaster, or this that and the other and like here's us here's, sitting <laughs> here gluttonously like, i've got a podcast now, <laughs> but it, for me this wasn't my this wasn't what i dreamt of as a child but no, as a, I
0: think it would be pretty future, future yeah, futuristic of you yeah. to figure this one yeah, out <laughs> but
1: what I've realised in the last 10 years one of the things I love most is just having a deep conversation I yeah. want to talk I want to be able to figure stuff out. And when you when you when you think deeply and when you find people that think deeply and also but like so I know think deep thinkers, yeah. And mm-hmm. I've got some great friends in the past, you know, one of my best mates, Jamie. I like I spent so much time with him. We were so close and we laughed at everything together and like we just we we're just so so close. And I don't feel like I've done the best in sort of pulling away from, from him just because I didn't need to. But also it's all kind of like a shame because, uh, you know, I felt I felt I hadn't dealt with the situation correctly. But, you know, there's there's certain areas of my life that I've changed that other people aren't changing, which is fine as their lives. But then, like, what I want to find, which I've now got, which is why I've cried the last two mornings, because it's like, and I said to you, I've never had a friend like you. Mm. Yeah, but I've never had a friend like Scotty. Mm. I've never had a friend like Matt. Matt would discredit this or not discredit me. I think he, he doesn't know how important he's been to me in my healing journey in the last two years. Mm. He's guided me down the path of the medicine and he's, he's a smart guy man. and then he slotted right in Lovely yesterday with everyone didn't he oh yeah
0: he's, he's golden he's really a lovely like guy
1: but then you've got Craig like, I just love being around Craig and like you know the light that's in his eyes and he's just a, such a great guy and Matty as well like there's just I've just got this network Lee and like all all of these beautiful people I don't want to miss anyone out because I don't want people to think like my mate Coops. I went for a walk with her earlier mm. you know what I mean and you know people assume you're dating someone I've got two or three female friends and I love them to bits because I can be as feminine as I like. And that's not really like I put on a dress and knit around there and like, <laughs> let's braid each other's hair. But you know, if I go on, if I've been be on one date, one date just to explore something. And, and, and I went on that date and I went around to my mate Fern's house and she she helped me pick the clothes and her mm. mate was there and I took my mate Jimmy and we went around and we were just like, you know what I mean? We picked clothes, they, they helped me pick the outfit because I was like, mm. what do I wear? Fucking hell, I don't want to do. Mm. Um, and it's just lovely to have all these connections in my life that are so wholesome. And it's all of the, it's all of it. It's like, they like me for who I am. Mm. They respect the person I am. They think what I'm about is great. Like the, and, and I don't say that out of an egoic sense. Like I still find it hard to believe. Can I ask you a question? Please. Please be nice. Though.
0: <laughs> You're not going to like it. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. You know, you might not, it's not that you're not going to like it no, but, um, I like don't know if you're, you're going to know what I'm going to expect as an answer and oh, I don't, don't think you're going to agree no, so no. do you think the emotional states you've managed to reach over the last couple of days which have been beautiful, powerful, growth do you think if you had an intense distraction in that of a girlfriend or a pursuit of that, mm-hmm. similar to maybe the one you had a month ago, that you would have still reached that place.
1: Uh, mm. I like the way
0: you've shoehorned
1: that one in. <laughs> um, because, um, do you know what? I like the question. I like the question because I've got a response to it. And I'm saying loads of extra words so I can think about the response while I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> giving yourself time. Yeah, I'm giving, buying lots of take time. A, take your time No, 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 no. I, I, I've got it. I was, it's the truth. I've only got the truth. Mm. Um, you know, at the moment in my life, because I have all of the things in my life that I feel are ready, and I think you can agree with me, I'm pretty fucking okay in myself 99% of the time. What I'm finding is I'm challenging certain areas, right? And you've got a very different view on the on the relationship and dating thing. You want to be a year apart. You really want to heal. You really want to go through that. But mm. Matt raised a great point yesterday. He said he's done healing for two years mm. and then got with somebody and then, fuck me. He thought he was sorted.
0: Yeah, but he's done one specific type of healing, no, which no, is ayahuasca, thera-
1: right? No, ayahuasca, therapy. I thought he was met- just doing he, ayahuasca. No, he does... He does practice every day he's got the he's got he mate the geezer's got it wrapped up mm. but and i've said this to you a few times when you enter a heightened emotional situation mm. then those traumas which you think you've treated so lovely are going to manifest to some degree mm. and that's why we both have agreed that it's, it's never go away so for me what i'm doing now is i've I pushed the door the door swung open i fucking thought it was it and then it turns out it, it might not be um so I backed out the door. But what I did is I didn't run off and fucking cry. I just shut the door. And I was like, right, actually, I'm leaving this one open because I, I really like her. I've left the door open a bit. But now I'm going about my business and doing my thing and continuing my journey. I'm not like praying or hoping about it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not open to the idea of what a relationship needs to be for me i'm focused on what i need to be for myself Mm -hmm. so when i meet someone based on what you've taught me so thank you i'm really grateful for it Mm -hmm. because i've got more balanced in myself but my journey is going to contain this element of i'm not saying it shouldn't be you Mm -hmm. asked me the question
0: yeah no no i'm not saying that it shouldn't or um, yeah my question again is just do you think that you've reached that place now because the space is there to find it the space
1: has been provided and granted me it's been granted me because yeah. of my exhibit of
0: behavior previously that you know. yeah and you've pulled away from it and in, in that space in that space it's the space you've had the space you you're now, quite, yeah. the space is there and i think we've more my point was this is if you do think it is and what i think if you have the woman there they validate you and they make you feel better and they protect you from feeling what you felt yesterday yeah. That's my I don't know if this is true it's just my 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 view my opinion of of what can happen if you have that validation from somebody telling you that you're great. It's actually to, because if the truth underneath you is I don't really love who I am or I have worthlessness yeah mm-hmm. but you've got a woman there saying you're great. Oh you're not treating that Suddenly, you don't feel the worthlessness, but it's still there. Mm. Just, but It's just because they're there telling you, or they don't even have to tell you. Yeah. Just because they're there alone in itself is they are the distraction from the truth because they are giving you the confirmation that that isn't real. But really, it's not healed. It's just it's just absent-minded because they're they're validating you. Can I offer a perspective on it? Go on. So
1: the the, the terminology of distraction means pulling away from what you say that you're looking at this camera. Mm. I'm distracted by this camera. Mm. Yeah. And while I'm looking at this camera, that camera is not getting what it needs from me, which is me to give it its attention. Mm. You know, change the batteries, put a new SD whatever it needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that needs. So for me, what I'm doing is I'm making sure that I afford myself the time and the availability in myself to to make sure that camera gets everything it needs, mm. but also open, open myself up to sort of test my limits with things. Mm. And then sort of like, because what I'm doing is like dipping my foot in, checking the behaviour, mm-hmm. pulling out of it. So like I'm challenging myself, mm-hmm. right? So I'll tell you about, you know, when I went to London with work, yeah. There's a, you know, there's a group of girls sat on a table and I would never have gone over, ever, ever, ever. Mm. And I went over, you know, I got the phone number that I wanted to get and like rather than jump on it and try and fucking convince her I'm the one, mm-hmm. right? I sent one message and then she didn't message me till the next day. So I thought that's, that's not, I, I, cause normally I'd receive that in rejection, but what I received that is in like, she was out with her friends. So cool. She don't know me from Adam. Mm. So then she sent me a message the next day. And then I was like, well, I'm out at the gym. And then I'm going to see Zach. And then I did all the other stuff I wanted to do. And then when I finally stopped and I had some time, I picked my phone up, I sent mm. the message back. Mm. Yeah. So then like what I'm actually learning through trial is now like, she's gorgeous, like n- unbelievable. Mm. But I've just gone, okay, cool. And I put my phone back down. Mm. yeah and then yeah yeah Yeah, me (laughs) but then the next day you know she's messaged and then i've like i was out like she messaged me this morning still not even listened to it um because she's i've been out with coops and then i've been busy i went out with jimmy's family and then i come here and then you know i got i got here and you know i've still not done it we've done this and i'll listen to it later and Mm. then i'll probably respond tomorrow so it's not unreasonably late I don't
0: even know what it says. Well, so you're you're seeing if you can behave differently to what you have previously. Even
1: in the small, because what I normally get is they're gorgeous. I want the you the trophy. The trophy. But oh. like oh, I'm not gonna say this that sounding like a dick. Doesn't matter if you do or you don't, bro. In my mind, the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with has to be 1010. 10. In, mm. in like it, because I want her to see the same in me. 10-10 yeah, like, yeah, I feel yeah. so lucky to have her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah You know, yeah.
1: and I was really lucky to have that with my ex partner. She, like, I yeah. would always think she's fucking she's, mm. like whenever I see her, she's
0: just gorgeous. yeah. I think it's we had this conversation before, didn't we? That it's it's not unreasonable to want to be really as attracted to the person that you fall in love with as possible as both physically and internally. Emotionally. You've got to be emotionally, physically, mentally, emotionally, you've got to be connected and and attracted to them in just an equal amount of measure. So do you find that
1: you've, since you've sort of entered into this path, and I know you've got this, this, this slightly different method and, and path to me, how do you find the idea of like, your relationship to the intimate side with somebody, like do you do you think do you see girls and you like like you have that manly thing, or is it more like no, no, I don't think there'd be a connection there because that's what I get now. It's like right, I'm looking for
0: a connection. I don't want you know what I mean? There's what from? Do you mean like oh uh, like sexual? Sexual?
1: You like like sex is not so low on the list. I for don't me.
0: ever know. Like when I was younger, yeah, I used to look at someone and think, oh fucking it, I'd love
1: to smash her. Yeah. Do you <laughs> know
0: what I mean? <laughs> But now, yeah, no, my, I don't look at um, at women in that way. Really, mm. I just kind of admire them. I kind of admire beautiful, a beautiful woman, but it doesn't come doesn't not in a sexual nature unless they're doing something incredibly provocative. But, and but, then the, the, then that limbic system, <laughs> that, yeah, so, yeah, something goes. <laughs> Yeah, that. But on the general, if I just see someone, I'm like, wow, that's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And then I might fantasise about how great they might be for the next few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> not not, in, not sexually, as like a wife. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, I can imagine her uh, walking down Yarmouth Beach yeah. with some chips, you know what I mean, seagulls. And We'd have and beautiful
0: that. children. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, like, yeah, I don't really do any of that at the minute. I think I'm just totally abandoned any of that stuff because I'm just... Yeah, I don't like to be the fat. I don't like to fantasize. I've done so much of that when it comes to women and relationships. Like I can, I can, which I'm sure you can relate to because I've heard you do it. <laughs> you can fast forward ten, fifteen years. I do it with everything, and it's like I want to like, be a millionaire I, I, in eight I, it, months. I, I, I try my best just to be here, sure. to be now, to mm-hmm. be real, to be realistic too. And yeah, I, the, the fantasy makes me feel like, I'm not when I start fantasizing, I think of, I think of it as an un- unwellness. I shouldn't be doing that not to not have dreams and ambitions and high hopes for the future but don't spend too long there and don't yeah like and as well so there's a difference between meeting somebody having a connection with them really liking them and then starting to think a little bit about wonder about the future what it could hold I'm gonna you can have a little think about that for a minute versus brushing past someone giving a little look and then going she's the one Oh my God, I'm going to marry you. We could have this, we could have that. And before you know it, you're 20 minutes late and you're still thinking about the future of this. And you're like, what the fuck? Your mental... (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're, you're right you're right do you know what i mean so there's, there's, there's a difference you know whereas if you go on like a first date or you've met someone and you you just have a really lovely connection and you start having a little dream about them but you can wind it in you don't get too lost in it you can stay here and go do you know what she's just lovely and i just and i really do like her now and that's it that's all i've got they're the problem though the phone so that thing is
1: like when you have that feeling how immediate ex- is, is is like like never in history drop somebody off well, have a great night. It's been great to see. you. Or well, mm. well, you leave them whenever, yeah. And then immediately, like lunchtime. Hey, how are you? How's your day been? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, so, I think what, technology. What have
0: you got to say now. I think I think social media and technology are, are the reason that relationships are failing so much. A hundred percent. Yeah, But I, the, the really statistics do. are so high now. It's so bad, mainly because of insecurity, um, and also the accessibility that men and women are to every to. Other possible mates,
1: but also looking at other people's perfection. Yeah, oh, it's but It's not. It's not conscious. People aren't going. Well, their life's perfect. Why isn't mine? No, but yeah, subconsciously
0: it's, you keep seeing all this fabricated bullshit that, that looks that. amazing. That, yeah, I that.
1: but I think you know but, out there you can you can find that, but it needs to be
0: cultivated in a historic sense. We're on the that, on that, the trauma thing. Sense. On the trauma thing. That that's. What people aren't perceiving as trauma right now, and it is—they're mm, traumatizing themselves every day. That they look at somebody's life, somebody's photo, and wish that they were better, wish that they were them, wish that they had what they had, because it's bullshit. One, it's mainly filtered, and then they have to start filtering themselves, and then because they just they can't look in the mirror anymore in the same way, and mm. they get less and less. They're just getting further and further away from reality, and that's a big fucking problem. Yeah. It's like I, I think it would be one of the best things if. They ban filters entirely. It would be so much better for everyone. would well,
1: you get to see some like because again, I do it sometimes. I'll take a selfie, and I am self-conscious to a degree. Like I, you know, mm. people tell me, I get people tell me, you know, you're a good-looking guy. Mm. I'm like, I, I'm I, sometimes I can feel myself. I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, I fucking, oh yeah, I am pretty good-looking. But then sometimes I'm like, like, you know, when we started shooting this, I was like, I do not like that angle. I do not what that looks like. Please, can you like, I don't, can you? Do you think
0: I, that that might go though once you've you've healed some more? So You know
1: what? It's an, un, it's an unanswerable question because yeah, it's I a, don't know what this yeah, co- like yeah. this journey is so powerful because I don't know what is coming. When you begin your healing journey through life mm. and you notice the things that come up and you start to treat them, new things arise that are like deeper and more ingrained and are related mm. to something you
0: didn't even know was an issue. Well, like the reason I ask is because I was um, similar to you, how you feel right now about camera angles and how I look on the screen and how, what pictures look like and and everything like that. And also image and having my hair cut regularly and beard perfect and this, that and the other. Like, the way I dress, the clothes, everything had to be neat. And then over the last year, that's all kind of faded away. Like, I really, I like to look good, like, to a certain degree, but I'm not bothered, like... I, I, went, I washed my hair yesterday and I drove with the roof down and my hair was like an afro. <laughs> and I was just walking about, and I went to get my hair cut and I was just like, I don't, I don't care. I really don't care. Like, it's, it's, not, it's nowhere near as important. I'm not saying I've dropped it completely because I, I do think it's really good to, to have good self-care sure. and, and to look good, to feel good. Yeah. But I don't care what people think. I think it's probably more. I'm, I'm, I'm happier in myself. I can walk down the street and not give a shit. I could not care less what I think it
1: matches up for me, like with the with the idea of self-respect. So for me, for me to respect myself and honour my own wishes, if Mm. I desire to have a body that I want to choose, Mm. I it's my job to fucking put it there. And if I want to drive the car I want to drive and I want the things outside of me Mm. that I want to have, as long as it's not for external validation, then that's cool. Like people will challenge you, like, why have you got a nice car? Why have you got a nice house? And why have you got nice? What like well I want to get out of my nice car, go and get into my nice house, sit on my nice sofa and watch my nice TV. Mm. I, you know, but some people are like, yeah, but it's not about money. It is not about money. It's about me picking the life that I choose. And because it's hard to get, Mm. because I've fucked up so much, I'm willing to go to every length to try and make that happen for me provide for my kids, give them a safe, secure future, show them in myself that I can do everything I'm advising them on because we get advice from people that have never done what we're doing or have Mm. not been through what we've been through. Like I want them to come to me. What do I want to be when I'm older? Whatever you want to be. Mm. Or how do you know that? Well, I've done whatever I want to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard with regards to a lot the external things because I always find that they don't—they don't ever mean as much as as we think they mean before we get them. (laughs) So you set this expectation. You've ticked those boxes for yourself, right? Yeah. So, for example, the the car—you know, either one of the cars when I got them, it was amazing. You know, I was so fucking proud of myself. You should be. And then for a very, but it it was very short-lived.
1: Fucking fun.
0: Yeah, they're fun, and it's. I you know, don't get me wrong. You can put me in a good mood if I want to go out and just have a little blast. If I'm annoyed at something, and I think, yeah, I'll go and go and have a little spin. But, but you don't advertise it to the world that they're yours. I've, no, I've never posted. I've only posted one video of, of of my R8 that I posted, and that was because that car was really sentimental to me because before. So when I was 23, I had, before I lost my company because of my drug abuse, the first time around. I mean, you built a big business, didn't you? So yeah, it was multi, multi-million, yeah, multi, multi-million pound business. Um, and yeah, on paper, I was worth over two, two and a bit mil. At um, like 23? At 23. And then um, I was about six months away from getting an R8 as part of my business partner and I made a a deal with regards to like a target if I hit this certain target and I was like on track to hit it within the next three to six months and then I lost everything and I'd wanted that car forever I uh, ever since it came out ever since i have seen it I wanted it and then obviously that was 23 and then I got it when I was what 31 um so when I got it I was just like I cried I was so happy that I'd finally got that car when when I posted the video I wanted to show people that, you know, you can lose everything, but you can come back and you can, you can get it. Isn't
1: that the exact same reason that I've just said, like I've failed so much that mm -hmm. when I get there, it might not prove to be the same value that I think it is. Yeah, I want to get there because I want to be able to look myself in the eyes and go, you fucking
0: did it. Yeah. I think the R8 has got a special sentimental value because of that particular story. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think anything, but... We got, even beyond that, though, it just, after a while, it becomes a car. It still will always hold a special place for me. And then the other cars, you know, it's that a is, car. It's a car. And then, obviously, the house. But I love my house. I love your house. I love my flat. I, you, I, it's I was, your own space. Yeah. I was just as happy there. And you bear bearing in mind it, didn't you, It wasn't about the, the flat itself. Because in that flat, I'd also had lots of trauma because I'd used a lot in that flat. Mm. Um, you know, some of my worst days and one of my most suicidal, horrible, darkest hours and insane thoughts and behaviors were in that place but i was better i was clean the flat was clean it was a small my living room is big is bigger than that whole flat I know, yeah. <laughs> now and but i was just as happy then mm. like oh, i it, it didn't make a difference to me and i don't get me wrong i really love the space i love that i've got the room to come and build this in here as well but you did such a great it, job like i was actually at work and you were like
1: yeah, I've done all this today, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> we have a studio.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, so it's um, yeah, I I think if you, are like I've said to you before, I think if you're focusing on in here, then everything else that you you still have to build those things too and work hard at those things. But if you prioritize here as number one, and everything else is second, third, and fourth, hmm. you'll you'll keep them because I put I prioritize them as number one before. Oh yeah. So my number one was rich. Car, house, money. You know, that was was, was it. And then because that was all I focused on, I lost it all. Because when I got it, it didn't fulfil the gap that I was hoping it would. Mm. I was hoping it was going to make me not hate myself anymore. Subconsciously, I didn't consciously know this. But subconsciously, I thought that this this would validate me enough. It would make me feel worthy. And I would Mm. prove to everyone else, mostly dad, I was good enough, That I was amazing, and then, it, and then it wasn't. And then it just became, I became the worst drug addict, the worst person I'd ever been. Don't you think it's so interesting that between
1: this pair of us, like, you know, we have that same, it's that same flavour that runs through, you know, I mentioned the flavour, Like that same flavour that runs through our lives, this desire to succeed and get there and make it, mm. because I just want to be seen. Yeah, I want to be, re- I just, I, I don't care what everybody else thinks. Like when we went out in the RA the other day, we went to that pub, everyone was staring at us when we got out of the car. For me, that was like weird. I didn't, I've never done that before. And like I've sat down, we're having food and oh, people <laughs> are looking at us. And like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's a weird feeling for me. Mm. But there's a, there's a day in my life where I want to be able to go out and click the button. Like, I already have that now. Yeah, I don't have the most amazing car in the world, right? But I fucking it's love it. It's a lovely car. Mm. And I love being able to go out to it and click the button and the lights do their little dancey thing and I get in it and it's like, "Oh, this is mm. what, this is it's not for anybody else." No. I spend so much time in that car that yes, it's nice when I, but I rarely see people that I know in it. Mm. I rarely but it's such a nice feeling to park my car. Mm. Look back at it and go, Right, that's one box. You like the lights as well, don't you? I love the lights, <laughs> but like when it's dark, as well, it's like night robbery. <laughs> but it's not again, it's not you know, I wouldn't have that without the company that I work for now. And and, and I love, I love, you know, that business has given me a lot, mm. and that business has given me an opportunity to 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 earn. But you know, I'm not going to go around and pretend I've got loads of money because I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend I am. I have, but at the same time, like I'm in a pretty good position in my existence yeah. to build the life I want, right? Because the foundations are all there, and now I'm I, now I'm so much better in
0: myself. Mm. My work is getting so much better, and the yeah. more I'm doing, well, this is what I did, literally what I just said, isn't it? Yeah. So if you focus, number one is you. If this is good, you're better at everything else. <laughs> And then it makes all of those things stick, but better at relationships, better at friendships, everything, better at parenting, better at all of it. But this is the thing that people don't understand. I don't think they always prioritize like right the career and or how can I, how can I be a good person for them? How can I make them happy? Happy life, happy how, life kind yeah, of situation. How can I, how can I be perceived to be the best person in the world? Or how can I be perceived to be sure. l- looking like I'm great and looking like I've got all my shit together hmm. instead of actually no just have my shit together just just love myself i think if children were taught at like 12 when they're going through adolescence puberty right obviously you've got your career you've got to get your education sorted but your mental mm-hmm. and spiritual and um well-being and your self-worth really need to be worked on now like as a priority mm-hmm. because so that's where you get like like you said being bullied it destroyed your self-worth. And obviously there were some difficulties with your relationship with your parents as well. But I would say it probably seems more it, like the bullying that was, it was the bully like, yeah. Imagine yeah. if you'd had somebody there saying to you, right, okay, let's undo that damage now. Let's undo it now. And that's what I'm doing. But like and again, I just want to
1: preface that because any time I mention my parents' name or their race, I want to always point out that they that, you know, they're amazing parents mm. are brilliant and I love them dearly, you know. Mm. There was nothing that they did to me that that wasn't wasn't how they were brought up. It wasn't how they wasn't you know, out of the norm for them. It was no. It was just nothing different. Mm. And uh, you know, and the behaviors that I I saw and I felt weren't intentionally with malice made to make me feel like that. And I just I think it,
0: you were just as sensitive, just scared. Sen, I think you were sensitive, and perhaps they didn't know how to deal with your, sen, your sensitivity. No, but
1: no, no, but they were. You know, they were. They were, they, they had three kids very yeah. quickly because also my sister. You know, what happened with my sister, mm. you know, you lose a four-year-old in a car accident and, you, like, so my dad lost his daughter and his mum in the same car accident. My mum lost her daughter, my daughter. It's got to change your big You're time. You're fucking, like, we think we know trauma. Mm. I respect those two people in a way yeah. that I couldn't even imagine
0: because I've got yeah. a
1: four-year-old son.
0: yeah. I, I, I and you know you, Bertie man like fucking yeah, can you imagine it's a little person now oh. I, but I said to you this before as well like I used to resent both my parents for the, what they did but then I started as I've learnt more and I've obviously a parent myself and I've become more aware of myself and, and how difficult life can be I look at you know my dad being as violent and horrible as he was I understand it I don't. I don't agree he could have just walked away mm-hmm. back then though you didn't get divorced. You weren't supposed to break mm-hmm. up, and they were highly religious. You know, they really? Were, yeah, yeah. So we were Jehovah's Witnesses. Were yeah? Yeah. So I didn't have any Christmas and birthday till I was twelve.
1: Oh, I mean, that's enough to fuck
0: somebody up. I know. Right? No, no, that's it's on top of everything. <laughs> I think. but I think underneath, my dad fucking clocked that and was like, "Yep, definitely. Don't have to pay for Christmas, birthday. Brilliant. Win. savings. Yeah, brilliant." <laughs> so yeah, we did. So that was the other thing at school. So we was always, I was always quite separate from people because. I had to go out at assembly time because I couldn't listen to Christian hymns. I had to sit on my own. So I was already different from year one. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. It? So I wasn't allowed to sit and listen to Christian and hymns it, because. Was, was that a really
1: convincing person that turned up at your mum and dad's house with the, the leaflets that time? You know? No. So
0: my mum already was because my no, mum's really? mum. Yeah. So when they got. So we, well, our family always was. We used to go to meetings to like all the congregation stuff and that. I, as a kid, it was all right, but I hated it growing up because everybody else was having Christmas and birthday. And I didn't even know when my birthday was. <laughs> I didn't even know till I was like, yeah, late, maybe towards line 10, because it wasn't a day, it wasn't a thing. So yeah, but but That's getting insane. back, getting back to why my dad was the way he was. You can I I look I play the scenario out for him. So he had this really loving relationship, and they had three children. A fourth one comes along. And it destroys my mum's mental state of mind mm. and she just loses her, loses everything. She's no longer doing the house. She's no longer cooking really well. She's not really cleaning up. She's not washing. She's not looking after the kids. She's just letting the fucking kids run riot, smash the house to bits. My old man leaves at five in the morning to go and do a fucking paper round. Then he goes to his job. Then he goes to do another job after to do taxis. Just to have enough money to pay for four fucking kids in the, ni- in the 90s. He didn't have enough and he needed enough comes in at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night after leaving at 5, walks through the door. She's pissed as, a fu- as fuck, mm. swinging around the fucking oh, – I fuck knows what she's, she used to do. Like, like I said to you before, she was pissing in the kitchen bin. You know, imagine walking into your house after doing all that work, no food on the table, kids all still awake, running around mad, smashing shit. I used to break stuff all the time. Did you? I was horrible. Yeah, I used to like, I'm doing stuff. Like I used to like taking stuff <laughs> apart. Like I'd have to backs off the remotes and shit, so then TVs wouldn't work. Really? <laughs> so I used to get, no, I used to get picked up loads for stuff like that. But, you'd, but can you imagine that walking through the door and then all of that chaos? Mm. Whereas... Only six months before you had to walk in and you had dinner on the table, he'd lost his partner. He'd lost everything he'd lost everything. And he know? was
1: and the, and the effort that supplied, like this is what I think is the maddest thing. is, like everybody's fucking life is difficult. Mm. Everyone. Mm. In some way, yeah. we are doing things against our will. Work, money, fucking relationships. Like we're mm. trying to figure it out. We are trying to figure it out. Mm. His next generation is going to be fucked if we don't teach them self-worth and all Mm. that stuff because social media, when my daughter... Our kids get old enough, mate, it's fucking insane. It's savage.
0: It's savage. Like I say, though, I think bitfilters needs to be banned. It's a constant trauma for everybody. Everybody's just losing themselves more and more and more and becoming less and less comfortable with who they are. And it's so fucking It's the multi-filters,
1: though, for me. Like, it's like, look, one filter... And like yeah, if you're doing it for like but if you've got two or three filters and then you can just see the lines of you are
0: blurred. I just think any, I just think take it off. It's not real. Mm. Sorry, it's not. That's my view. It's not real. You're just you're just decreasing self worth by using filters. You're basically saying to the world, I don't value the way I look. Naturally and I it's the
1: marketplace, isn't it? It's different
0: okay, okay. When you say marketing, that's
1: different. What I mean is it's it's the marketplace to find a partner. Right. So but what I mean is false advertising though. That's exactly it. When you turn like I've been on dates in the past, where I've turned up and you're looking at a ten ten in pictures and you turn on please uh, that's not uh, I hope that's not received in any way, other than like I thought she was a fucking ten out of ten. You get there and you're like you you don't look anything like your pictures. So the, the person that I was attracted to is not you. So that's not your. F- it's not that's not a measurement of the fact that I don't find you attractive, but it's not what you look like.
0: You've been deceiving and dishonest already. Me.
1: Like if I put, put, yeah. posted pictures of me with my abs up and I'm shredded and then I go out and I'm like fucking bin bag full of fucking yoghurt as again. mentioned here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I look like a, you know, a bit of Roman crockery. I don't want to go out and meet somebody like that because I know mm. I don't look like that.
0: Yeah, you know just... what I mean?
1: And then I've always got an excuse like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just uh, just on a, uh, my off season. I'm trying to grow, so my calories are high. Like, no, you just like pizza and you're fat. Admit it, Liam. <laughs> or you, like, I've been out and I've done it. I'm like, yeah, sorry, I've just tried to grow a bit. No, you haven't. You really love eating an enchi- entire cheesecake. <laughs> you love it. Admit
0: it. But, yeah, no, I... Um... We'll go onto the social media one properly next time. I think I think it's a good one because yeah. it's a big one. We can go on for ages How about long
1: it. are we on, Stu? You're at one forty-eight and a
0: half.
1: Fuck it. Okay. We do this too. That like, <laughs> felt like twenty minutes. Yeah, so we can just go on for hours and hours, can't we? You know, it, it just yeah. happens accidentally, but you know. Um, but yeah, I think we've covered a lot of it now. I think I just want to ask you one thing, and and you know because. It, introspectively I respect your opinion on it and I think you're you're incredibly smart and I want you to sort of give me like the the, the biggest teaching that you could put if you were to sit opposite somebody now that needed mm. to hear the journey of healing trauma in mm. their in their life what's that message what's it sound like
0: of how to do it
1: if you had somebody in this room now, like, do you remember when we went out the other day?
0: Oh, yeah, okay, what do you need?
1: Yeah, yeah. what do you need? Look, then, obviously... Like, What's the magic answer? What's the magic answer? We get, you know, you're going to get
0: that it, it all depends on the on the trauma, but let's say use childhood one as, as an example. I'd say the most powerful and life-changing thing, bit of work that I've done on trauma... on on changing my behaviors and becoming and letting go of those behaviors is is finding out where they came from and to do that you have to go back to the child go back to the to the situation and relive it as an adult but in the child so you're the adult you are now you can feel things real now as a child you you numb yourself you completely block trauma out or in terms of feeling it you don't you just sit there in shock you're like and it doesn't feel like anything. And it's like a, your body, your brain basically, but creates a defense mechanism to stop you feeling pain because it's too much. It's too much chaos. So you you learn to shut off and it's a really bad thing. That's always, also you have to unlearn. Sure. But you have to go back there and you have to, you have to accept how it made you feel. You have to accept how hard it was. You have to accept how scared you were and you have to relive it and, and feel the pain for the child Yeah, mm-hmm. And when you do that, it's going to really hurt. It's going to hurt for a long time. And it, for me, you know, each time I've done that, I've del- I've dived into different traumas, different things that had happened and it's left me debilitated for a, over a week. I didn't leave the house mm. and I was crying for three, four hours a day and I was in bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't get up. It was really hard. But you have to be willing to accept that that's the level of pain you're going to need to go through again to realize how much it really affected you because you're going to spend your whole life pretending that it didn't and if you do that it's buried in the subconscious and it's coming out all the people you love if you had to start this
1: process all over again Mm. with knowing what you know now Mm. what would you do differently
0: about it i wouldn't date (laughs) no birds for a bit step one yeah, no, I wouldn't, because obviously I've had nine years of yeah. The, the I wouldn't be getting into a relationship. You know, I said to you about Lee the other day how he's done it. You know, I two to, years, I, I yeah. He done three? Yeah, two three years. Three years he's not had. Um, no, not the or Lee, my Lee. Oh, is it? You know, um, I said about yeah. He came around the other day. And oh, I was saying yeah, about yeah. How he's, he's well, my Lee did two
1: years as well. Yeah. So yeah. So, so we're he,
0: not comparing Lee's he So did two yeah. Years he, and he's married. So yeah, I would. I would, yeah, I would continue with the work. I would do breath work straight away because I only picked that up in the last like 18 months. Sure. Um, and I would meditate consistently because I did it for the first year, then I had a year off and then oh. I got back to it two years ago yeah. and I would journal daily. I would do all of those things every single day and I wouldn't have dated for a year at least. I'd get to know myself. I'd understand sure. my pain. I'd understand my behaviours. I'd probably still make lots of mistakes in the relationship setting anyway because you, you can't, grow in those areas until you're in those scenarios where you are triggered and you're challenged daily by the people that are in your life and also
1: you can't guarantee what the other person's going to be no
0: yeah exactly but I also do believe in the fact that you're going to attract somebody who's mirroring where you're at so if I'd spent a year healing myself I'm going to attract somebody who's more in line with where I was at then Mm. likelihood is I'm going to find somebody in a better situation but obviously my last relationship I was doing the same behaviour I never stopped using drugs you know I never stopped using drugs I didn't stop using drugs until six weeks ago you know, dating is a drug. Validation is a drug. If if you're an addict and you're using it as a drug, it's a drug. It doesn't. Have, it's not for everybody, I don't think. It doesn't. But if you are using it to draw your safety and comfort and validation and self worth from,
1: there's absolutely nothing to lose from trying, though, is there? Like what we're doing now. If you're not happy in your life, if you are, if you are categorically every day getting up feeling like shit, you're not doing your life how you want to do it. You've got nothing to lose by trying no nothing to lose and what is it that the recovery meetings say this if you think you can find another softer way try, give me 60 days of your time try this every day with the best of your abilities for 60 days and tell me
0: mm. if it's
1: not for you you can go back to your old life
0: yeah you know what I mean? the thing is with dating though as well like it um it makes it easier mm. the pain's less because you've always got somebody there
1: Oh yeah, especially that's if it's why, related that's, to trauma. For I example. think
0: it, I think if you if you remove everything, so say you take your drugs away. You say you're like me. I will use my me as an example. I did 29 years. You, um, sorry, not using 29 years. I was using since so 14 years using, and then you just stop. That's been your blanket for 14 years. Suddenly, all these feelings come back, and you haven't got the girl there to comfort you to make you feel better, to make Mm -hmm. you feel worthy, Mm -hmm. remove that too, it's going to be real fucking hard. Oh, chaos.
1: I mean, if you did that when you first, when you first got in, I guarantee you'd have relapsed. Potentially,
0: potentially, yes, but I don't think I would have if I'd have discovered breath work, meditation, cold water. Um, If I was doing all of that, I don't think so. If you had the the strength to do it, but yeah, it would have been really challenging, but you know, we all have these paths, but yeah, that would be my advice. Well, I appreciate you sort of going into all that. Yeah,
1: it's it's good. What about you? Oh fucking hell! Here we go. (laughs) I'm gagging for a wee as well. (laughs) Um, I mean, really, for me, it's like if I could go back and tell myself how to do things differently, it's really fucking forgive yourself because Mm. a lot of my trauma is me. Mm. and what I've done because I know and I've know every dodgy thought I know every CD action I know every fucking deceit mm. every lie every fucking every time I snuck off to pick up every time I did it for years and years and years and I was, I'm an everyday user if I'm on it I'm on it every day mm. and you know when i first started drinking at 15 the first time i got pissed i downed a bottle of malibu because the bigger boys told me it was how to do it <laughs> i was fucking power i woke up behind the bus stop wrapped in a fucking duvet because my mates left me there and it was like that was me i didn't know anything else and that was how i drank and drank and drank and then it was like i was getting into fights a lot and then i started doing the gear and then the gear was like my my protection from 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 getting to that level but then it was like oh, i love this and then that was it i was on it and i was doing it every day And I did it for years and years and years. And I started getting sober when my little girl was born. And it took me till the 22nd of May, 2019 to get long-term sobriety, just to get some years under my belt. Mm. And even then, it's never been, it's not been a perfect process. It's Mm. been a hard process. It's been, you know, challenging in relationships because you're trying to deal with their trauma and your trauma and the past and like, you know,
0: um, it it look, makes it easier in one sense, but it makes it a lot longer and harder in another.
1: I have to. The first thing I've ever come to, the most amazing, every time I've come to these uh, uh, realisations, I am enough, right? And mm. that, that's from childhood, that's from school, that's from relationships, that's from rejection, that's from everything that ever went wrong, is I am enough. And if I learn, because it's, it's banded on fucking, you know what I mean? You go in someone's bathroom and it's got... You know, all these little sayings everywhere and these memes everywhere. It just dilutes the meaning. But when you tell yourself, right, mm. and you believe it in your core mm. with every part of who you are, I am enough, mm. you can face things differently. Like you, There's nothing somebody can say or say to me now because I'm the guy that gets at before. I'm the mm. guy that goes to the gym. I'm the guy that eats the food. I'm the guy that started a podcast. I'm the guy that's done this. I'm just, and I'm not doing that for ego. It's like because these are the things I want to do. And if I tell you I'm doing something, I'm fucking doing it. Mm. And that's where you get the confidence from. Mm. and that's when you start to believe in yourself Mm. you know Scotty says to me every day he says in every area of your life back yourself because you are smart you are you have got integrity you are this you are that you are everything you think you are you are Mm. and if you think you're not
0: you're not you know what I mean Mm. yeah the I am enough thing is important I think it takes a lot of time it took me a lot of time to two years I'd say Mm. Two years no drugs and therapy every week. That. I literally Until I started go. to just just started to feel enough, and I think I think reality is I've only probably for the last year so really known I'm enough, and it's nothing to do with anything that I can do externally. It's just about myself. It's nothing to do with my house. It's nothing to do with my car. It's nothing to do with my mm. job, my career. Nothing to do with being a dad. It's it's just knowing that I love me. I just love who I am.
1: And that's a really scary thing to say these days because I finally feel that in myself for the very first time in my entire life. Mm. I like who I am because mm. I'm not doing all the stupid shit. I'm mm. doing all the positive shit. But mm. I'm also accepting where I'm wrong and mm. taking the time to change it. Big one.
0: Massive. Bigger than anything else.
1: Isn't it? Love it. Right. Sick.
0: Looking forward to next week already. Already. Social um, media coming up.
1: I think we're going to do social. What do you reckon? we'll see.